Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name's Chet. Chet Czar. I'm your host. I'm exhausted. I've been uh, busy with getting uh, Christmas orders ready and stuff, so I apologize for being late, not doing the early edition, and missing last week. But um, it's December's always a really busy time of the year for me, so um, sorry about that. Uh, today we have Brian Brown, who's, uh, an excellent, uh, tattooer and really cool painter, dark artist. And we had a great conversation, really fun, really interesting life he's had. So, um, I'm excited to bring you this interview. Um, I am in such a rush. I'm just going to kind of go through this, this, uh, intro here quickly uh, that's all that's been going with me. I got a little, a gig f- doing a painting for, uh, like a f- really fast job, like a few day job doing a painting for a TV show. So I'm working on that. I can't say what it is yet, but as soon as I can, I will let you all know. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, filming it. So it's uh, going to be time-lapsed eventually when it, when I, the, the TV show gets released. Uh, other than that, I'm just, you know, working on the book and doing, um, shipping out, uh, mystery boxes and, and orders from my website. So anyway, I'm, I'm got cra- crazy hours. I'm all tired and, and, uh, you know, been staying up till late all hours of the night trying to get things done. So if, if I sound a little, uh, subdued, that's the reason. Okay, anyway, let's get on with um, uh, new subscribers. Like I said, I'm just going to kind of crank through this so we can get to the good stuff. Nobody cares about what I say at the beginning anyway, I don't think. Um, oh, I did want to mention, i, I got to mention this really quick. Harley Brown, who's been on the podcast, he's a really great painter, old school, you know, uh, traditional portrait painter. He's really great. Listen, if you haven't heard his episode, it's it's great and hilarious, and 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 uh, he's a really great guy and a great artist. He has re-released his book called um, Harley Brown's Essential Truths for Every Artist, and um, it's a great book. I recommend. I always recommend it to students. Um, so I highly recommend this if you're a painter or you want to understand art better. He really, it's really written in a way that's easy to understand. Um, and uh, just great, uh, great knowledge, great knowledge he's sharing. And he um, offered us a discount, a 30% discount. So if you go to harleybrownartist.bigcartel.com and you enter the code Dark Art Society, one word, you will get 30% off the book. So I highly recommend this book. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm just uh, doing it because it's a great book and Harley's a cool dude. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad I didn't forget to do that. Okay, um, new subscribers, Brett Herman. Brett, thank you, Brett. I know Brett. Uh, Brett's awesome. Um, I know all kinds of people on here, uh, new subscribers. We've got Tony Buhag... I don't Tony, you know I know you, but I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Buhagyar? Buhag... Buhagyar? I'm sorry, but thank you for supporting the podcast. Um, Amanda Williams, thank you. Much appreciated. Um, um, let's see. Chuck Angeline, uh, thank you, Chuck. And we got a few more here. 
Uh, oh, that's a deletion. Uh, Lilith Divine. Thank you, Lilith. And Renee. Thank you all for supporting. If you want to support and keep this podcast going, um, you can go to patreon.com slash dark art society and subscribe for as little as a dollar a month. Normally I get the podcast out for Patreon people a day early and I have these supplemental images that go along with the podcast. Uh, last week I, I missed because just too much craziness going on here. Uh, occasionally I miss it, but not too often. You, I'm pretty, pretty consistent with once a week, surprisingly, because we're at like 187, I think now this is crazy. Um, anyway, so Thanks, thanks for supporting. You make it happen. Uh, anyway, let's get on with it. This is a great interview with Brian Brown telling some quite crazy stories. I really had a great time talking with him. Super nice guy. So I uh, hope you enjoy. Okay, here we go, everybody. It's just about to start. It's, it's almost starting. Here it goes. What's up, Brian? Uh, what's up, Chet? Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, man. It's an honor. Thanks for having me on here, man. Really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Um, uh, like I said, I'm a fan of your uh, paintings, and then I was like looking at your, your tattoos, and it's like, holy shit. It's like you crank out so much, so many paintings, and then I'm looking at your Instagram. It's like I knew you were a tattooer, but I, was, but I knew you from your paintings. I knew you as a painter. And, um, and so then I was looking at your tattoos. It's like, you know, your tattoos are insanely good. And you also have just like a ton of tattoo work and you're just cranking these paint. It's like, you're doing a painting a day every in the dark art society page. You're just like posting a new painting. Just seems like every day there's a new painting. I'm like, how is he doing all this work? Oh man. Crazy. Just workaholic, (laughs) not even work passion, man. I'm a, I'm a maniac, man. It seems as the years go on, it just gets supposed to slow down man but it's, it's opposite <laughs> for me man i just uh chasing the dream i'll never catch man but chasing it faster and faster man you know yeah it seems like the you know that's one of the things i really love about the tattoo community is that and i'm not sure if that's has something to do with um uh something to do with the industry itself that you have to hustle to make it or what but it seems like like that the the normal thing for tattoo artists is they I don't know any tattoo artists that don't work hard I mean you're kind of an exception you work you just like I said you're super prolific but it seems like in general the tattoo tattoo people are just like hustling all the time you know sure man definitely so many variations of the industry too man for me it's uh I just do one appointment a day but I book people up multiple days in a row and uh man I do probably like 14 hour days you know I go till three in the morning and I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I don't want to stop, but I got people sitting for super long and, uh, and just handling it, man. So I'm going to take advantage of it, you know? How, so, how, when are you painting? Man, uh, I was, I just, anytime I can, man, the last, the last two weeks I've, uh, I've taken a little time off, man. I've been, uh, researching a lot. Of, I'm trying to get into sculpting a bit as well. Oh, cool. I never picked that up, but, uh, trying to get a uh, dabble into that. So I just joined in that Stan Winston school and oh, I'm self taught in everything I've done, man. I'm, hey, same I'm such here. a, uh, I'm such a hermit man and uh recluse. So, you know, I'm always <laughs> trying to do shit myself, but, uh, 
I figure right now, man, I just invest in some quicker learning time for the sculpting stuff. Oh, yeah. So the last two weeks I've uh, chilled out a little bit, but I squeeze <laughs> it in wherever I can, man. You know? <laughs> sculpting is really fun. Yeah, sculpting yeah. is super fun. I love it. It's like I, yeah, I, I have a hard time. I could easily just sculpt, you know. It's it's I'm weird, sure. you know. It's it's so it's equally as fun as painting to me. I think. Yeah, for me, it's all you know. It's, it's the art is the one thing, and then you just transfer techniques to each each realm, mm -hmm. man. So I, I figure that'll help me a lot with more forms and uh, Definitely. you know, just everything, man. Advance. I'm all about advancing, man. And the more the more I advance, the hungrier I get, man. To be honest, so. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. During the COVID, was uh, it was actually we shut down for six months, man, and we didn't get any financial assistance. Oh we were the first to close, last to open, and didn't see. We got our twelve hundred dollar check, but right. my wife is foreign, and uh, so she don't get anything. So, but it, you know what, man, it was a financial loss. But I got to paint every single day. You know, I was multiple paintings a day, man. I'm a, uh, I'm super. Uh, I don't even want to say addictive personality, but for art, it's just, man, I just got a mission, bro. And that, that really helped me push it further, you know? So it was a blessing in disguise and right. it was really cool, man. I was fortunate to get a, a lot of, um, I don't want to say attention, man, just a lot of, uh, chances to, to show my work in some cool places over the pandemic time. So mm -hmm. it's actually, man, it was great for me to be honest, man. And, uh, spent a lot of time with my family, had my daughter, jump in on each of my paintings she's only five so that's cool <laughs> yeah right so you know just to get her started and whatnot too. i do that with my granddaughters i like you know uh, i let them mess around on a painting early on you know just so they could say that they they'll look back totally you know when they're adults like i painted i paint helped paint that painting <laughs> yeah man planting plant the seeds you know they i've heard a thing that they said if you have never uh done it done something as a kid then most likely your chances are you're not going to pick it up as you get older so you know, I right. figure everything I do have her jump in and just, uh, you know, just plant more seeds and see where they go. You know, <laughs> that's cool. My wife's an artist as well. Oh, so, really? You know, yeah, she's a portrait artist, pencil artist. No way. So, um, she's from Japan and, uh, you know, lives here with me now in in U.S. We oh, lived wow. in San in San Francisco for about ten years, where I met her, and then uh, moved back out. I'm from Massachusetts originally, so I moved back out here. Uh, uh, help out with some stuff with my family and everything a oh, while cool. back cool. about, about seven eight years ago man we opened our studio here so and you, you've been tattooing like 20 years or more yeah or... almost 20 years man crazy wow yeah, <laughs> yeah. it goes fast man someone asked me the other day i'm like i don't know man like 10 years i started when i was like 22 <laughs> i was like oh shit man yeah the, 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 lost in time the man. older you get to the the that's see, I figured out now that I'm getting old, I figure out why old people like remember, I remember when I was a kid, it's like old people are weird. They're not cool. They don't know what's going on. They don't know like <laughs> current things. And I realize now it's because time goes faster the older you get and things that like things from like 10 years ago still seem like current things because 10 years ago doesn't seem like that long to me anymore. It seems oh, like maybe man. a couple of years. It feels like a couple of years. So I'll, I'll tell someone about a movie. Yeah, it's pretty new. And they're like, that came out in 2010. What yeah, are you talking about? Totally, totally. <laughs> it totally messes up your perception of time. Oh man. I was trying to have my daughter get into uh, watching a little bit of predator and she just turned five like yesterday, man. So uh -huh. she, she's all into the stuff I'm into, but I was having to watch like predator and a little alien. And I'm like, damn man, it looks so old compared to the, like, the uh, 
her like cartoons. I try to have her watch some old cartoons, and she's like, "I don't know, it's know. weird looking." <laughs> I know. Or you try and get them to watch a uh, like a a cool old black and white movie, and they're just like, "No." I remember yeah. being like that too when I was a kid, though. Totally. I'll try to have her get into a little Nosferatu dealer right style of black. <laughs> now everything in my house is all my dog's names like Gengu Feratu and Ghosty Feratu. <laughs> it's hilarious. Raising uh, her right. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. So, cool. you know, uh, so you're from Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. I'm from here originally, man. You're for, you, you're one of 14 kids? I totally am, man. Yeah, that is crazy. crazy. That is like, yeah. you don't hear about that often. It's like, what is it like to raise, yeah. to be around a, a family? Your parents must have gone insane. To... Oh, man. <laughs> They're already insane to begin with, man. For sure. I got a... I was raised up pretty bizarre, man. I was raised up by my mom mostly, and uh, man, she's like a uh, extreme version of me. My whole family is so eccentric, man. It's it's so nuts, dude. Everybody is so prolific and just into their own shit so really? hard. And uh, I got a lot of oil painters, uh, painters. My sister's on Spain. She paints musicians to couple own flower companies, but they're all like, man, they, we got some weird gene that's just like, uh, yeah, man. Get the creativity just go, go, go. gene. I guess creativity and just like uh hustle. Just man, just into their shit and you know, just go, go. It's yeah. intense, man. Yeah. So. Like obsessive, the obsessive. Totally obs- extremely obsessive, man. That's I that's why I got that. I, and it's funny, man, speaking of my daughter, she's got this obsessive gene already, man, with everything she does. It's hilarious. But <laughs> yeah, man, uh I'm seventh son, fourteenth born. There's seven boys, seven girls. I was born in seventy seven. And uh, wow. yeah, crazy man. It's it's definitely a trip. I'm the last one. It's so funny in our family photos. I'm like I'm like six three man, and all my family's like this big man. So <laughs> it's uh it's so funny, dude. I look like the super freaky tall Uncle Fester man. <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah, man, it's uh it's cool though, man. That many brothers sisters, man. I got to uh, grow up and I think be able to you know one of my things i think i gained from is be able to read people really well man you know i grew up firsthand with everybody and seeing how everybody acts and the difference you know uh just i don't know got to learn how to read people in uh kind of you know body language to everything so i think that's one of my good traits i gained from that man you know which is good for tattooing i can kind of see where things go yeah, when i'm talking yeah. to people good about for, designs for life in general too though it's like a, yeah, a totally. good life skill to have in general yeah, yeah i imagine it's like i bet you i mean is are all your siblings like different do, are, yeah, do they very is everyone kind of very different everybody's super different but everybody's got that super eclectic like um gene that's you know <laughs> that's the one thing we do have in common man but uh it sounds like a know. cool family yeah, it's a bizarre one, man. My mom, um, I was raised, like I said, mainly by my mom, and she was like, um, she was a super like underground, like antique dealer. She was super like a cult kind of. Uh, no in way, the really. Reiki, tarot, yeah, Killer. really heavy. So That's I grew awesome. up with all that. Yeah, I grew up really bizarre, man. I spent a lot of my childhood in Egypt with her. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I got some pretty crazy stories from How'd there. How'd you end up in Egypt? <laughs> oh, man, it's a pretty crazy story. Um, I guess I don't really open up as much and tell people about it anymore, uh, yeah. but it was on some, like, spiritual kind of, um, like I said, my mom was super into Reiki energy and, That's like, awesome, she man. wrote books on palmistry and stuff. So when I was young, she seen some traits in me, man. Um, 
I feel, you know, I used to tell her, I used to see colors like glowing around people, man. And right. uh, she's like, what, really? And I didn't know any better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just, you know, you're a kid. You say what you feel. And um, and it turned out, man, um, it's weird to say this in a public forum. I guess I ended up going to Catholic school and they really shied me upon this. Yeah, so it yeah, kind of, yeah. uh, it left a mark in me where I don't really, you know, it's, I, it's usually I have to be really close to someone to open up about it. But you, know, you don't have to talk about anything. You man, don't I talk got no about. fear. <laughs> I got no you know fear. me though. If you listen to the podcast, I'm into all that. Totally, shit. totally. I was like, I'll talk to Chad. He'll but uh, yeah, man. So my mom seen that. I used to tell her um, she would do classes with people, and they'd come in. I'm like, why are they glowing this like orangey brown Whoa. or this? And she's like, what? And she would look it up, and it would be like a kidney problem or disease. She would tell them. They're like, oh, we were totally just diagnosed with a kidney. Like, and I'm so my mom's seen this weird thing. We so she tried to bring me out there to find some schools. Amazing. To go and we didn't grow up like rich. We had a big house, and uh, my mom was super hustler, man. I was like the hand me down kid of like goodwill clothes and yeah. all my brother's sisters like pants. I was rocking like clam diggers, dude. So I was so tall, and, <laughs> you know. So uh, she was selling antiques, man. Hustle. And my mom is the ultra hustler, man. And uh, she would get us out there, man. And um. We ended up really uh, becoming friends with this family out there, and I ended up spending a lot of time right, living at their houses um, and hustling, man. I dress as an Egyptian kid up at the pyramids selling shit. I got the craziest story from there, man. This is, uh, this is a true story, okay. man. And uh, it, this is, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I guess I'll just tell it, man. Tell I, it's, it. it's enough of those things. I'm like, I don't know if I should tell people, but it's so crazy. You got to tell it. All right, man. So. I've been to Egypt five times, and I would I would spend extended amount of times there growing up, and um, you know I'd be right in the villages and whatnot. And um, there was times there when like the the army rebelled against the government, and nobody could leave. There was curfews right. and stuff. I couldn't even leave the country, so I was there for like three months. Wow! And um, dude, we'd have to dress up as Arab kids and go out. And man, I remember staying at the the family's house. And it's like seven floors, each generation in a family. And then the top is where the animals live, you know, (laughs) dinner basically and whatnot. So I remember climbing up on top there, looking out and like, man, on every street, there's tanks. There's all these weapons. Looked like G.I. Joe shit, man. I never seen it. They're burning down hotels and shit. And it was crazy. I remember um, when we seen that, we were looking out, me and my mom, and we seen the soldiers and pat, 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 man, bullets started bouncing off the, the bricks of the building. Holy shit. I remember shit. I was only like 12, dude. Oh, my and God. And I remember my mom trying to tell me, uh, uh, there's just a parade. I'm like, yes, man, ain't no parade, <laughs> mom. Like, but anyways, wow. uh, yeah, man, this is crazy shit. So when I was there, man, and this, this is, you know, you probably ask a question later how I got into the style I do. I do a lot of like, I'm really obsessed with like uh, skull textures mm-hmm. and stuff. Like you know, I think that's the best reference, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's you know kind of generic, but it is what it is. I think it's the best reference. I, yep. I have a huge collection of crazy shit, yeah, man. Yeah, bones I, I'm are not, amazing. Like, bones I are... never. Uh, I wouldn't hunt. I'm not a hunter. Nothing. I would never harm an animal. But I collect all my shit from like uh, ethically sourced places. Yeah, Even yeah. a lot of human. I got a lot of like old medical uh, historical shit. A lot of freaky shit. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, so anyways, um, I've always been into skull stuff. So I remember digging up my first, I used to dig holes in my yard, really deep holes. And my parents would be like, the fuck you doing with your mom, man? So I'm like, so I would, I would dig big holes and I'd put a garbage bag in and fill them with water, man. And just like make my own little pool. These holes and, fit. <laughs> and I dug up a cat skeleton when I was five. It was one of my cats. I kept it. I washed it. And every time I would draw, I put it out next to me. And uh, I'd always draw and use it as a reference. So that was my first thing. 
And then when I was 12, man, I spent time in Egypt. Dude, there was a new uh, there was a, a new find. This is so crazy, man. I'm probably going to have someone come knocking on my door after telling you this. But <laughs> there was a new find, man, right? And uh, so we went up there, and I, I went in. It was a shaft, man, about, I don't know, probably 75 feet into the ground, dude. And it's about, you know, it's maybe four feet, three feet by three a square. Dude, we climbed down the shafts, man. And uh, I went three times, and there's, you know, you're in this room. It's like a, like a room. Like, a, like I've been in King Tut's tomb, the pyramids wow. and shit. Yeah. yeah, really crazy, man. All stone with a sarcophagus area. But this um, this tomb, it, we went in there, and all we have is a lighter, you know, and lighting it up. So we're looking around. You can't see anything. And there's still other shafts that come in there filled with sand. And the point I'm getting at is where I started my reference from. But check this out. Right. This is so crazy, man. <laughs> so <laughs> so we had a lighter, man, and we're lighting it up. And I looked. There's like a sarcophagus tomb. And, dude, there's still remains of parts of mummies in there. But we no couldn't way. see shit. We only had a little lighter. <laughs> wow. So we left, dude, right? And then – uh. I went back three times with my friends by myself and one of my Egyptian friends there. And I'm only 12, man. In the third, uh, the third time I went back, I grabbed my backpack and I grabbed a, put a plastic bag in there, dude. And I'm like, I'm getting this thing skull, whatever. And, uh, so, dude, so, so this is a true story, man. I kid you not. It sounds like some bullshit, like hood Indiana it. Jones shit, man. But this is for real, man. So, I go back down and uh, there's a government work dude working there. And this, this is off to the side of the pyramids. It's kind of desolate because that land's big up there, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a new guy and he's a big dude, heavyweight dude. And I'm like, he's like, here, uh, yeah, there's a new find. I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, okay. He's, he's not trying to go down there. He's too big. So we go down there and me and my friend, man, and I get down. I like the lighter and I just open my bag. I tell my friend his name, Zico. Man, load it up. He's like, no, no, no curse, man. No curse. Right. <laughs> oh, shit. So, dude, I grabbed some of the bones in the skull of this mummy. Dude, Holy check this out. This shit. is so, yeah, check. This is so crazy. I just learned something about a year ago. This is such a trip, man. So I grabbed the skull and some bones. I get them back to my hotel. And um, we knew people there that worked at the bazaars, kind of like we were in it pretty thick. So we knew people on the black market. And, dude, I'm 12 years old. I tell these people, like, meet me at 8 o'clock at this family's house. Like, I'm going to sell you the skull for 500 bucks. And, like, <laughs> dude, already trying to make deals, like, before I even get back. So uh, I, t- I see my mom. I tell her. She's like, what the fuck? Like, you got what? Like, you're selling? No. What are you talking about? So we go back, uh, we go back and I open the bag, man. I pull out the bones. I got the femur bone from the leg. I got the wrist bone and the skull, man. And it's missing the the lower jaw oh part. But dude, God. it's all patina and still got wrapping on it. Like shit you see in a museum. Wow. And I remember turning that bone up and just like the dusted marrow coming out. So dude, so crazy, right? So we flew home with this. This is way before 9-11. Right. I'm 43 now, dude. My mom put it in the suitcase, and we fucking totally flew home with this thing. Holy so, shit. So, I've had this my whole life, and this is how I got into collecting skulls, man. 12 years old, but I was sick about a year ago, man, and I've always tried to figure out, like, whose is this? Like, you know, obviously, you want to know everything about it. Right. So, um, man, I started watching videos. I put together the year I was there, the age, and then looked up, like, chain of events of what happened there. Mm-hmm. I never kind of chronologically put everything right. together. Dude, it's the year they found the remains of the people that built the pyramids. And I was watching a video on it, and they go right by the shaft that I, oh the one that God. I seen. I'm like, oh my God, that's wow. the shaft. Holy shit. So they were showing the remains of everybody, and, uh, and how, like, they would, they found out it was like higher end people that, uh, not slaves that built the pyramids and mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. So they let them be buried in the shadow of the pyramids as like their prize. Right. And they were showing out there's like three people here in this little cut corner. 
And then this this one had its own shaft, its own room, a sarcophagus tomb, and was mummified, dude. So all, that has to be one of the hierarchy people that fucking built the pyramids, man. <laughs> so I just learned this a year ago. I'm like, holy shit. So, man, I could have, like, one of the architects who built the fucking pyramids, man. It's that's so crazy. crazy. Totally nuts. So, yeah, that's how I got into uh, skulls, man. That's why I'm so addicted. <laughs> At 12 years old, man, I had my first one, man. It's so crazy. That, I couldn't I make that shit up, Yeah, that, Yeah, that's it. That's like, uh, you know, once you – once that, that's a that's – a, that's a, a skull high you're never going to be able to to match again. Dude, it's like exactly. it's like a drug thing. It's like your first yeah, time I is the best. Yeah, I want to be like an archaeologist. I'm young. I'm like, yeah, that's a wrap. I conquered that. Yeah, that's like <laughs> the best skull. I mean, you're never going to get a chance. I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime chance. Dude, to have. it's so crazy, man. So, yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, hopefully that don't get uh, published to the wrong people, but you know. <laughs> so you <laughs> I did... still got it, man. I got it in my collection in here, man. I got a whole bunch of uh, crazy shit, so. Wow. But, uh, well, you didn't get so cursed, crazy. obviously. No, nah, man, hopefully. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, There's you're doing all right. There's probably been something, man. <laughs> you seem like you're doing all right, so. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. It's crazy, man. <clears throat> Egypt is a, I've never been, but um, uh, I have friends who've been there, and it's definitely a, a you know. A magical place totally man hardcore and you know you go all over there you see things man you know there's stuff buried under there. i mean mm-hmm. they're still finding shit to this day non-stop you know and then when you're in the pyramids man you go up on them you you go inside you know that that that's a whole that's not just a structure man you know there's yeah. something crazy there yeah, man, yeah, for sure. yeah. and then i think all the pyramids we used to ride horses from uh giza to luxor through the <laughs> desert and it was, I think there's like 99 pyramids in a direct line through Egypt is how they did it too, which is pretty crazy, wow. you know? Yeah, really cool, man. So. <laughs> Damn. Did you, have you ever heard the story of how Al- Alistair Crowley, he was like, you know, the the big magician, occultist dude. He had. had I, I have his tarot cards. My mom oh, had yeah. a, a set of tarot cards that were his. Yeah. That my mom actually just gave to me about four months ago. Oh, so cool. yeah. The Thoth, yep. Thoth tarot deck. That's yeah, yeah. Called, I guess she had one of his personal decks. Yeah, so oh, my, really? mom, my mom collects crazy shit like me. That's amazing. So, but yeah. he he had like a major uh, like a spiritual awakening in Egypt. Like he went. I, I read some of that. Yeah, yeah. He had, apparently this whole he ended up starting this religion called the Lama, and it was all dictated to him by some spirit in a pyramid. Like it's all at once. It was kind of like he was just writing automatic writing and doing some ritual in there. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a, yeah. It read something short about that. It's it's sounds pretty cool, man. It's a trip. It's a spiritual epiphany. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. That's that's, that's what a way to start the podcast off. (laughs) Yeah. Drop that in heavy, man. Sorry about that. (laughs) Should save that for the end. (laughs) Yeah, I know. No, that's great. That's awesome. That's amazing. So, um, Okay, so, uh, whoa, whoa, you were, I, you know, I watched a, an interview with you before, just to kind of like, you know, get a little background. So I do know cool. a little, little bit about you. Um, cool, cool. I, uh, you, you, I, I love the story about how you knew you were an artist when you were five, and you knew, knew, knew before you knew how to spell the word artist. That is like fucking priceless. Oh man, yeah, so... I remember them asking me, and they're like, "So what are you gonna be?" I'm like, it "Starts with an R." You got to guess, and they're like, "A reverend." I'm like, "Uh, no, like." <laughs> <laughs> and they're asking me all kind of stuff at the end. They're like, what is it? I'm like, it's an artist, dummies. And they're like, what? Am I swear an R? I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's the new spelling of artist. R-T-I-S-T. Oh, I think my it's perfect. God. Hilarious. Yeah, I was that's... just telling my daughter that one the other day. Man. <laughs> it's it's so hilarious. Funny. She's like, Dada. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's classic, man. It's 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 so funny. So you, I mean, you were you know drawing. What were you doing? Were you were drawing and creating? Uh, you just a creative kid, or, or yeah, I guess since, so, since you were man. Little? I, uh, yeah, just since I can remember back, man. I remember. Uh, you know what's weird? I think I won the podcast. I heard you talking about the characters that you drew in a kid, and it sounded exactly like what I was drawing, man. I was drawing this. Uh, I don't know what it was from like super young age, man. I was drawing this like this weird like almost like a punk rock like uh uh he had like a mohawk a bald head and a big rat tail and like cut like army shorts and he had a hatchet and i was like just drawing this dude over and over man i don't know it was like my first like repetitive character man. wow that's kind and, of um, interesting i got into you know like i said i'm last of 14 kids and uh musicians in my family so i grew up with everybody's info we all lived in the same household at one time so i got everyone's like flavor and taste when i was super young so uh my brother was listening to a lot of rock. He played music and stuff. And uh, I was drawing all the band logos and everything, mm-hmm. just like copying. And I remember I always had a hard time with like Guns N' Roses cross with the skulls because I was so young. I didn't have to draw like that right. complex yet, man. <laughs> but I was doing all the like, all the lettering and stuff, Striper, Poison, like all these <laughs> Cinderella, man, like all these crazy bands, you know. That's great. So, so yeah. But that was, was that your kind of go-to thing when you were a kid is, is was art or were you doing other stuff too? Yeah, I think I was always making, creating shit, man. You know, um, I, I tried to build some stuff. I remember it was always like a dark twist, man, for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember in seventh grade, uh, my, my parents ended up trying to send me to a Catholic school because it was right across the street from my house. And like, I remember they wouldn't let me in and my mom like got in a fight physical with the priest, bro. And like hemmed him up. And he was like, all right. I remember them arguing. I'm like, Oh shit mom's fighting the priest dude you know? <laughs> so uh yeah man i uh yeah he lived next to our house i remember shooting his windows out with bbs and like golf balls and shit dude i got caught for it it was so fucked up i had to like pay for all these lights and they put in like luxury lights and shit man and but anyways yeah so uh <laughs> um yeah uh what was i gonna say um how was i gonna say about the uh growing up there in uh yeah, so when I was in seventh grade, I remember they uh, they called my family home. We had to do the projects for science, remember? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember building this. My family owned a lumber company, so I grew up in like old school lumber mill, bro. Oh wow! And um, and so I remember going up there and building this like dude like a four foot guillotine that like that worked and stuff. Oh, and cool. uh, I took my sister's Barbie's head, like I grooved out the wood and put in this like sliding blade. And I made shit. one of those one time too when I was a kid. Me and my friends. Yeah, it's huge. And I remember taking my my sister's like Barbie heads and i cut the back of the neck and like i dipped their neck in like red paint and shit so when it hit the head it would like roll down into this like i had like this little vase of my mom's i painted all red and would have like a bunch of barbie's heads in it and they said they called my parents were like do you know what you need and they're like yeah guillotine and they're either like what the fuck like (laughs) yeah exactly it's like what else are you gonna make i remember my uh, me and my friend made ours it was like probably three feet tall and we used a lawnmower, a blade from a lawnmower oh, for the blade. <laughs> and like the, a real one. <laughs> and the, uh, it wasn't sharp, though, but the, uh, I, I remember the doll we used was a Mickey Mouse doll. And the, and the idea was the, uh, I was going to pull the head off, fill it with blood, and put it back on, and then do the, yep. do the thing oh, so that blood came out. I don't think we yeah. ever got it quite to work. But it did, you know, it did actually, you know, it did function. But, you know, it was full-on adam's family shit you oh, know shit. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like man. doesn't every yeah. kid make a guillotine 
<laughs> Seriously. I know. I think I've heard you say something about it before. I'm like, oh, shit. Man. I think it's similar to that. I'm like, there's, you know, there's a lot of things like that, like the mask thing, too, man. Right now, I've been in a collecting mask. My daughter's oh, like, cool. my daughter's been into wanting to learn how to sculpt for like the last two years, dude. She's oh, so into it. So um, I got into the stuff, and then that led me more into collecting a lot of the old masks. I've been collecting them like crazy lately. I'm like a fucking weird, dark hoarder, bro. I just like to collect so much shit. Yeah, you're definitely the... a collector. I can tell. Yeah, you're from, yeah, from... It's my mom, dude. It's yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's... right, right. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, man. Um, I was going to say, um, so the masks, man. I remember when we were young, there was someone had those top stone masks at my house. We had a witch one. Oh, really? Then, like, like the fester one, bro. And it was like, oh, I remember being scared shitless, man. And uh, someone always rocking those and scaring the fuck out of us, man, you know? And oh, yeah. um, I so many older brothers, sisters, man. They were so bad with us, man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I remember when I got my chance, man, I remember like, wearing them and going i remember my nephew slept over my house he was young sleeping at bed i went outside the little deck room and i was like it was like storming and i'm banging on the window with that mask (laughs) on and i remember that dude waking up and fucking couldn't (laughs) breathe on the bed i'm like (laughs) man i remember so yeah with the mask man it's uh I, I just ordered some, man, because I, I want to get my daughter into the same shit, you know. Uh, <laughs> but my daughter's already grown up with all this dark shit. You know, I got so many uh, human skulls, right. like crazy this shit, is normal man. For her. She has no fear, bro. <laughs> so it's like, I don't even know if I'm going to intrigue that in her. You right, know, she's already, right. like, so deep. In yeah, that. she'd be jaded. <laughs> yeah, so, so so we, yeah, exactly. We, uh we got a bunch of masks. We all been trying to rock them here. And just, uh, I feel like that's, like, a necessity, man, for, like, the kids i feel like that's somehow like a universal staple to like get them into this weird shit man you know oh, yeah. i hear so many people same story someone had the mask man they scared the shit out of us i'm like it's, it's always the mask yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> masks are so cool i mean i grew up i'm like uh 10 years older than you 10 11 years older than you yeah. and um in the 70s masks were like <clears throat> still a pretty big thing i think it was like 60s and 70s so it was like every kid as part of the every kid had like gi joes the big gi joes the old school ones yeah i still yeah i had those my brothers (laughs) hand them down and yeah every kid had gi joes army men and uh you know model car models lincoln logs yeah lincoln logs there was like a staple but masks were one of the toys that every kid had a mask at least one you know it was like a big thing so that was just masks were always around you know yeah, yeah. so it's part part of it's great man it's yeah great. i love i love that stuff and it was cool i got to uh in the 90s i got to start a mask company for for this guy i was working for which was <laughs> so cool su- super fun it was so fun um i love making masks i i, I would love yeah. to, i would love to do make masks again just because that's so why i started fun. to get into the sculpting stuff too man i want to make some masks and uh you know, cast some resin boss, paint them and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just want to try my hand at that. I love the statues, man. I'm like, I'm all over it. Right before we did an interview, I'm like texting with that dude, Darren Holt, about that uh, uh, Dracula one. I'm like, yeah, shit, I'll just buy it. And I got uh. like three other, <laughs> man, I'm going between that and these predator sculpts. I'm like, dude, I'm up. I'm so obsessive, man. I'm up till five in the morning, like, just like checking each one, trying to see the, oh man, I can't stop, dude. My wife is like, <laughs> you are so bad. Every, there's always something, dude. And, I don't know how I even function, man. I sleep like five hours a night. I just, I feel like the internet just got invented, man. I just can't stop researching yeah. shit and then up and execute. And I mean, how, researching on the internet for something you're into is so enjoyable. I find it so 
fun to do, you know, it's to, so fun, to learn man. about, or, or especially if it's collecting types of things, Yeah, it's really enjoyable. It's like a really pleasure, Oh man, I get all experience. stoked at night. I get all like, I'm just hopping bed. I'm like, yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> How's my research time? <laughs> oh, totally, man. It's hilarious. Oh, man. Yeah, so, I've been onto that lately, man. I've been, uh, yeah, man. What, went what, from what, all the vampire shit now to the predator shit, man. I'm just... <laughs> What, no, what, it's what, like started rewatching all the aliens last yeah. night. It's like <laughs> what I, I'm crazy. waiting for my um. This is uh, the I don't know if you heard about this. If you're into Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead, the one yeah. you know that they just came out with a box set, a 4K box set, like ult ult ultra high def Super 4K. Cool cut of a uh, restored cut of Don, the original dawn of the dead and it was only it's only for sale in um the uk and, ah. and so i pre-ordered it like six months ago it's on its Super way cool. i don't even have a 4k dvd player totally, yet totally. so it's like i bought this box set because it's the ultimate box set i have to get a region free because it's there's there's yeah. the bonus disc is like the 4k will play on any 4k player but it's got a, a bonus feature uh a disc that's awesome. That's re. That's a re, UK region. So I have, now I have to buy a special yeah, DVD all, player just to. But that's how much I'm into it, man. It's like I'm yeah, so yeah. excited about this box set. It's like the ultimate so cool. Dawn of the Dead box set. So cool, man. I've been watching. <laughs> I've been watching a few of the different uh, Night of the Living Deads again at night, yeah. man. But I, I watch them on YouTube right now. You got to watch like clip to clip. Keep hitting, you know. Right, right. But yeah, I got different. Uh, man, I collect old. Uh, Kung Fu flicks too, man. And uh, oh, when I was in San Francisco, great. you get them direct from the Chinese store. So I had to have a Chinese region player, you know, for oh, yeah, all those. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I I got that that Beksinski family movie, and that's on a oh, different that... region. So right, I didn't get to watch it yet. I'm trying to. It's get great. The, uh... It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Movie. I, I, where would you watch it on uh, Amazon or something? I think they have one on Amazon, but I didn't. Uh, I don't remember. I, I, I got it. I bought it, but I don't have the region player for that one. Yet, all right. So it was streaming. <clears throat> yeah, it was streaming somewhere. It I might have been Vimeo where. or something where you had to yeah, rent yeah. it on Vimeo or, or yeah. yeah, it was great though. It, I, it's cool. like such a weird idea, really. It's a strange. It's you'd think that there'd be a fucking documentary about the guy, Crazy, and it's like man. they they make a dramatization about his. I mean, it's it, his life was interesting and, and it is really good, yeah. but it's like, yeah. man, if I was rich, I would fucking produce. Totally. Doc. I mean, that's that's what I want to see. I'm into it. Uh, I go out to Poland a lot for tattooing and stuff. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I go out with Victor Portugal at his studio oh, yeah, he's and awesome. stuff. I got a lot of work by him and stuff. And uh, I go to do the. Um, you know what's really crazy? Check this out, man. A lot of my life changing moments have been in like a three day system, dude. Like that, the skull in Egypt. And one of my biggest. That was one of my monumental things in my life. I think, man. Uh, life changing events, and also going to the Beksinski Museum. Yeah. in Poland was and I went there three days in a row man I don't I don't speak the language I don't know anyone there I went and it was closed next day it was uh his his only his thing is closed that day and the next one it closes early or uh so or whatever it was so uh the third day I went it was open and I got to go there and that was cool it was on like a three-day thing I feel like a lot of my weird events in my life that are like big like life events they're on like this weird three day in a row thing like that it's bizarre right but yeah man anyways uh I went out there and seen that, and man, it's so cool to see those up. And man, you know what happened to me when I was there? I, man, I I've been to so I'm a huge like avid museum goer and whatnot, and uh, always going all over. But uh, when I went there, man, 
there's nothing like it in real life. When you see a shit, I've heard you talk about it. You know, when you see a stuff in real life, it's like micro hair fiber, yeah, crazy, different color right? strokes. It's like a little, fabric, man. It's like cross hatching with pen and so ink, bizarre. but with little, yeah, it's yeah. And so I, when I went there, man, and you get sucked to his paintings, man, psychologically, fuck you, man. Like I'm looking at his paintings and they really get you in a weird state of mind. And right. I was like, uh, I was getting like pulled into one man zoning out and I could feel like I was almost having a little panic and I'm looking around at his, how they do the lighting there is so bizarre, man. It looks like they're almost holograms when you're there. And I don't know if you've been there in real life, but they yeah. almost look like holograms, dude. Really? And I'm look, they probably thought I was so sketchy. I'm looking around the place trying to figure out where the light's coming from. Uh -huh. Cause it almost looks like it's coming from behind it. And I was looking around. I couldn't see where the light, I was like putting my hands up trying to cast a really? shadow. Yeah, like there's some shadows cast from other things, but I couldn't figure out how the lighting was. So I'm looking at the painting and I'm just like zoning out so hard. I'm looking at the lighting and I don't know why, man. I, I never did this before. I started like going to reach up, walking close to it, like to touch the painting. And the guard <laughs> grabbed me. He's like, whoa, what's going on? I'm like, oh, shit. Just arrest me now. I'm probably going to do it again, man. I was like, holy shit. I they was probably so have that problem a lot there. I imagine people I'm are always sure. trying to touch it. I went there a couple times, like each time I go there, I, I go and visit again. And uh, last time, man, I they I always try to film, but they're like, no, no. And last time uh, I had my, my camera, I'm just fucking so bad. I had my camera in my hat, kind of like just walking around. And I seen someone taking a picture and the guard didn't say anything. It was like a different guard. So I took it out, started filming. He seen me, didn't say anything. So I got to do a whole walkthrough up close filming everyone and stuff. So, oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, really cool, man. So. Yeah, I talk a lot with the uh, the dude who uh, Camille, uh, the dude who does his page, the Beksinski page. I speak with him a lot, and I oh, actually yeah? uh, this is such a crazy thing, man. I wanted to get a couple of the reproductions that he had mm -hmm. from the air, the museum, and they're on the wood boards, printed high, super high quality. But they couldn't accept any payments that I I could uh, that I could give them for some reason. So I talked to him, and I never met the dude before, and I could tell he was just such a good dude. That I actually, man, I'm like, I don't trust a lot of people, but I actually sent over enough money for four of those and just put it into his account without knowing this dude, and which is times four because our dollars were four of those. So, I mean, I think each one was probably like, you know, maybe like a grand or two in our money, wow. dude. It was a lot of money. So, wow. he had like 12, 15 grand in his account. And, dude, he hooked it all up, went through, got them all shipped to me and everything. I don't oh, know, amazing. man. I it just... I could tell there was a good thing with the dude. So I just trusted him, man. And I did it. I can't believe I did that, but it worked out so well. So me and him got a really cool relationship now and stuff. Oh, how too. cool. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah. So I got those all in my house. So awesome, man. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. I, I keep thinking, you know, it's like all's it, all's it's going to take is someone uh, that can direct a documentary to create a documentary and, yeah. and kickstart it. I mean, totally. between the community, we could get that thing funded easily. Man, I, and that's what it needs because speaking with all these dudes, like they don't pay that dude to do his Beksinski, uh, the pages, nothing. He had almost quit one time. He was doing it for like four years, he told me. And um, they he tried, but they didn't have enough money to fund him to do it. So they don't fund him. He just does that. He's the one who promotes wow. it all and does all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, crazy. He put me in contact with, um, with Beksinski's old agent, man. I'm trying to... Uh, get an original sketch or something by him right now yeah. man uh, 
yeah, I got a couple of my friends have original sketches by him and stuff, but uh, yeah, he still got paintings up for grabs and shit, man. Crazy. Yeah. Dude. Like, yeah. So expensive, but I want at least a sketch or something. He's got some memorabilia and things, you know. I know somebody, so. a collector that has one of his palettes, one of his paint palettes. Oh, so cool. Man. I know it's signed too. What? So yeah. cool. <laughs> so cool. I saw that at his house. I was like, what? I didn't know you had this. How did you not tell crazy. me this? Man, you know what's so crazy, dude? It's uh, I started learning about like microdosing mushrooms and shit, man. Yeah. I started reading up how a lot of people were doing it, and I haven't done anything like that in so long, man. Right. And I never microdosed. I just fucking you know went wild on it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And so I kept reading up how everyone's like all these benefits. I'm like, damn, dude, sounds good. So one of my clients at work uh, brought me some, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try it, dude. So I started trying a little bit every few days and I never did a, a oil a freestyle like I like to freehand everything I yeah. never stenciled anything before mm-hmm. so uh I never did a portrait but I was studying like color tones like temperatures for you mm-hmm. know facial and uh you know man I didn't think I would be able to really just flip out a portrait dude and I I took some mushrooms man and uh the day after dude I tried it and it was the most fluent painting I ever did and it was I was like who am I gonna paint and I just opened up my tablet and it was a picture of Beksinski. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Right? For this. And I rocked it, man. And uh man, I'm really stoked on how it came out. It was like one of my better it was really cool. good for I feel like confident in myself that it was cool, man. And uh I was so stoked, man. And uh I, I hung that up with my collection downstairs and stuff in my house and I put it up in a nice frame near it. That was my first portrait, man. And uh just wow. the way it happened was really cool, man. And yeah, I feel like the, the mushrooms just totally laid out the formula for me. I was like, oh, this is just one after another. I'm cool, telling you, man. man, one time I, uh, I, I, as as you, I haven't tripped in a long time. But one time um, back when I was doing the Ego Death show, I was there. I was had a painting and I was it could not. Something was off and I I ended up tripping. And as soon as I looked over at the painting, it's like, oh, that's it was so obvious. It was like totally. so clear. How could I have missed that? It was right in front of my face. It was just like yeah. it was something wasn't even. It was like something was too far to one side. And it was yeah. like, how did I not see that? And it's so it was weird, man, because you're yeah, looking at I think the same... it's humans, man. We put up mental blocks on our oh, own yeah. self, man. No For doubt, sure. man. And that you just know, goes shit instilled over time. Well, and that just goes experience. To... Yeah, it goes to show how much. Um how much of a filter you're seeing everything through in regular reality, like your normal everyday life. It's like everybody's always on drugs. That's what nobody thinks about. It's like, you always have chemicals going through your brain and you've got filters of what you know and, and everything. It's like your own personal algorithms. Yeah. 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 In your own little reality, you don't even realize it's it's like altering. Yeah. It's altering how you see things, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And that's why, you know, it's what I'm interested about really in, spirituality and stuff like that because really all any of that um you know spirituality and meditation stuff like that is all about deprogramming your totally clearing that stuff so that you can see things clearly instead of seeing them through filtered layers of stuff you've built up in your head yeah man you know know what the the beauty Mm -hmm. of this when we first did the lockdown of the pandemic dude you know um i was really fortunate man this is going to go about like uh i guess into um 
mental clarity that mm-hmm. I got from this time. But I had to do an interview with um for Mickey Violetto for uh Time Life magazine. I'm oh, not Time Life, yeah, fucking Time Life. Uh, Tattoo <laughs> Time. <laughs> Tattoo. <laughs> wow, you really hit the big time. We're <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, doing a Time Tattoo, Life book uh, on me. <laughs> yeah, Tattoo Life magazine, which is like you know, it's all invite only. They do the London Tattoo Convention. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, it's such a big honor, and the it's right. to me, it's one of the biggest honors in in tattooing. Mm-hmm. So they contacted me in the height of the pandemic, man, to do an interview, and I was like, holy shit, man, like. What an honor, dude. So cool. And because, uh, like I said, I never promoted. I stay so low key, man. I do right. my Instagram shit, but I'm not anywhere else, you know. And uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I did an interview and I really was like, man, this is the first time I'm going to be able to write my own interview. They're going to allow me to write it all. So I went in pretty heavy on some psychological shit, oh, cool. man. I wanted to really like explain myself a bit so mm-hmm. people can understand why I do what I do. And um, it really got to know myself a lot. And I've I've realized over that pandemic, man, the whole thing with painting and everything, like what it's all about to me, man, is um, like the process. I I really narrowed it down to exact process, everything. I call it automatic dream state is like to clear out all that you were just talking about, like things in your head that you kind of put up your own filters. I've realized that all doing art. Like I always knew I zoned out and everything when I do my art and it was great, but mm-hmm. it was, it's the purest form of meditation I can achieve, man. That's why mm-hmm. I'm so into this. I'm addicted to the, the dream state I get into right. where I just don't even think of anything for like four, five, six hours, man. And it's like, and just produce. That's why I like freehanding. That's why I don't pre-plan my artwork. I, even my tattoos, I freehand on the spot. I, I wipe most of it off, create on the go. Wow. Same thing with my paintings, man. I just everything I let it flow right there, yeah. and it's it's the fastest way for me to to execute into like the zone out and just like get into that state of mind, man. And uh, over the pandemic, I got to hyper tune like how that works for myself, man. And it was like such a discovery. And after that, I feel like it put me on a different level for production, man. And now I'm like. I'm, that's why I produce so much, man. I'm just addicted <laughs> to that state. Now it's like automatic drawing, but painting and uh, yeah, man, it's just I'm so addicted to that state of mind now. Yeah. That's why I I'm so productive, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. And willing to be like that because it's like it's like a vacation. Man. I get to filter all the bullshit out instantly, man. Right, you know, right, and it's right, uh, yeah. I couldn't imagine if I didn't have that, like being bottled up. And not only that, if I didn't have that, if I didn't understand how to really hyper tune it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and um i feel like that's been the benefit of this whole time which is that i couldn't replace that for anything it's one of the greatest achievements for myself personally man is to really uh understand how to meditate while painting basically yeah yeah. super cool man Mm -hmm. really exciting for me so yeah that's cool man that made the whole game of it way more exciting for me to uh you know my approach and everything and, and understanding myself of it. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Uh, cool. Like a uh, mental achievement for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love, that's what I love about your work is, um, you know, uh, it, it does have a, f- a feeling of you just kind of letting it happen, you know? And it's, it's, yeah. it's uh, every time I see you post one of your, million paintings that you do <laughs> it's like i'm always you know it's like oh i want to do that i want to just go and i just want to do it i just want to do it it's like i've gotten so into this like prepped and i've talked about this before that it's yeah. like i started off yeah. very um uh, uh improvisational and just kind of doing it and then i started yeah. f- fine-tuning everything 
and laying things out and planning things out. And I, yeah, uh, yeah. and I got, well, grass is always green around the other side. Yeah, no, There's well, a it's a lot it, of foul time. Right. Right. Like the way I did it. Right. You know? Right. But it, but it's like, you know how it is. You get to a point and you're like, okay, I've achieved that. So now I want to go back and do, I want to go back yeah, and do something I, yeah. more weird and just, you know, amorphous yeah. and, and, uh, and just, I feel, uh, I feel like, uh, for me, man, I feel like pre-planning stuff, for myself anyways uh to speak for myself i feel it, it for me it takes a lot of the life out of it i feel like i gotta let the piece take on its own life mm-hmm. and just serve the painting mm-hmm. man you know mm-hmm. and uh i feel like anytime i pre like my whole life has been a freestyle man you know yeah i yeah. feel like anytime i predetermine shit i'm never satisfied with it it never comes out the way that i expected right right know? so and it's like i, I do portraits like i'm a painting of a Nosferatu portrait. It's like one of my only portraits I have right here on my thing. It's, oh, I saw that on I, your Instagram. That's great. Yeah. Wait, wait. I want to take a picture. Wait, wait. Don't move. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. This is for Patreon people only. Hold on. Hold on. Here, three, two, one. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I love that so, painting. It's great. And so for that, it's like I really like how it's coming out, man. It's cool and everything. But um man when i do my other pieces it's like there's such a life happens i feel like it's lacking certain things where i'm like it's a different i just want to like start spattering that it's definitely a different a different vibe for sure it's more of a straight straight i'm starting a uh kind of like a little vampire out collection in my house so i'm doing like trying to do some portraits i'm trying to hold back on just going nuts on them and uh i'm trying to start like a little refined portrait area and uh for some stuff in my house everything so but, um, yeah, you know, I look at all my artwork, honestly, man, it's all like even my tattoos. Uh, um, here's a couple things, man. I, all my artwork, I feel like it's just my backgrounds and textures of stuff I'm super interested in. And, um, I feel like it's, it's, it's about that toying with imagery. Same thing as my tattoos. It's about my stuff. Just like the main image is not the main thing to me, but it might be hmm. to the client. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I like all the entwining layers yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but that's uh, that's what makes your work stick out is that you, you are doing, it's like, it's like you, there's an L, there's this really cool element of design in all the details. Everything's yeah. very like organic, but it's kind of mm-hmm. designy and it really makes it, it's not just like a mess. You see people yeah. do this sometimes to where they're doing <laughs> maybe like a, a improvisational just kind of going for it and sure. sometimes it looks like a mess it doesn't look yeah, yeah, beautiful yeah. it doesn't look beautiful yeah. and your stuff looks beautiful because it has all these I beautiful lines it, and Appreciate you know it. it's so i you get know what, what you're i saying. you know what i consider it man is um it's another thing i tuned what i'm going for for now with my artwork is um i'm kind of like obsessed with that the mind frame and concept of that dream state mm-hmm. so i'm trying to make a lot of my artwork and tattoos not a full image almost like um how you would think about something like like uh when someone comes in for a tattoo i'm like you know you're thinking you're picturing the whole thing finished all all in form and uh, like the whole thing completed but you're not you're thinking of a few highlight pieces and then your mind just morphs and goes to the next so i'm trying to make my artwork uh what i'm going for is more of like a dream state thought process like parts of images and all of a sudden it just kind of organically blends morphs into the next thought so there's no it like uh end on something it just keeps right. blurring like it might be missing part of the face and i feel like you don't even need the whole face i feel like i'm just battling for attention when i start doing the other side of a face you right. know i'm like i already did one side you don't need another <laughs> just turn that into something into another portion you know and uh that's how i'm looking at a lot of my artwork like that and uh and you know kind of just uh morphing in and out of each other and uh 
kind of like I call it a little bit like a necro organic, a little bit of darker feel. Right, right, it's yeah. kind of organically going, you know. Yeah, I like yeah. I like that concept. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I yeah, think. yeah, I like it. It's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I it, paint, doing that kind of painting too, where it's um, uh, where you're just doing it and you're not thinking about it. I really think that's it's such a it's a it's a way you can get in touch with your own um, no doubt subconscious no doubt you know definitely. and that's that's and it, that's why that's my beeline my rot my my fast lane into it yeah no doubt and yeah, it's like that's you, why I go. you can kind of look at the paintings after and sort of see in a way what's going on subconsciously that maybe you're not aware of you know yeah you, no you know, doubt. It, it's it's a it's a really interesting um almost like a like a psychological tool for evaluating yourself like deep parts totally. of yourself it seems like almost it's so amazing too it seems under researched like it seems like this would be kind of a big amazing thing oh you can get in touch with well maybe it's not maybe i just don't know about it. maybe that's what art therapy is about i don't know but it just seems yeah. like it seems like a very powerful tool to understand yourself well you know i've been doing art like a long time but i feel like that approach is definitely i mean it's like instant for me i'm gone as soon as that brush hits the thing or whatever i'm doing it's like it's so fast approaching it like that for sure mm -hmm. man you know what's really cool man for tattooing as well um you know like uh everyone has a walk of life and i'm and totally cool with that man obviously you know i would never never not be cool with anyone doing their approach but when i do mm. my approach for tattooing doing freehand stuff and doing the kind of styles that i do it's really cool, man, because I've learned that it's uh, it really puts me in, in touch with people that are willing to take more risks in life. Things don't have to be exactly oh, yeah. like this. when you get that tattoo. It's exactly what it was supposed to be at the end of the day. And either of us know what it's going to be. And if we're on if the vibe is good and there's no bad energy festering, man, it's just going to flourish to be crazier than what we thought. Right. And um, so it introduces me. Like, I'm super sensitive, man, and I'm, like, OCD, repeat shit in my head a mm, lot, you know? Yeah, so too. I'm really, like, had to master on my surroundings, who I put and what I put myself around. Mm -hmm. And um, and so by tattooing people like that, man, it really um, it really puts me around the people that I want to be around, yeah, man. The people that are great. willing to take risks in life and live life. And, uh, and they're not, like, you know, I guess some, I used to get people that wanted, like, a letter. And, man, I would get 30 phone calls. 900 messages i'm like dude it's a letter b dude like oh my god so now doing like this control stuff, freaks people, totally doing this is i it's way cooler people people i want to be around and uh yeah man it introduces a way cooler environment for me yeah man. so i'm really particular about who what, what i'm doing and who i do stuff on and uh i'm trying to really just hyper tune into only them styles and shit man. i never thought about that that's interesting that you're gonna get a, a, a clientele that's more um in your mindset, you know, if they're, totally. if they're willing to do that, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cause most of my clients, man, we don't know what we're doing. They might give me a lightweight concept now, but it's all freehand shit now, man. And it's, uh, who knows what it'll be, you know, <laughs> but as long as we, it's all the best I stuff stay... happens though. I, I think, yeah. you know, especially as long as you're consistent with like a technique and a right, formula, right. you know what I mean? It's going to be along the lines of the work. It's like someone wanting a piece from you. Or they're collecting a piece. Um, sometimes you might get something narrated, but I mean, obviously, the uh, collector would want to have you do a piece and then collect it from you. You know, right, it's like, right. uh, you know, if you try to narrate, I mean, I don't know, man, Da Vinci probably isn't going to fucking take a request of doing, you know, your 
mom's sister and her cat and some fucking <laughs> item on her shelf, man. You know, it's like. Well, it's like you know uh, you got that's the, the the challenge of commissions is, you know, take take because usually. I mean, ulti- the ultimate commissions are when someone just says, do what you want, which is like, okay, that's, you're going to get the best oh, painting. You're going to get the yeah, best yeah, painting yeah. if you do that, because it'll yeah. be like what I'm totally into and I want, I would have yeah. done anyway. It'll be yeah, a real yeah. pure piece of art from my soul, you know, but, um, you know, but people usually want a little something, you know, input and that's yeah. cool. That's and, cool. And that's good too. You know? It gives you a little bit of direction. Right, but you also right. gotta be careful because sometimes I'm like, yeah, no, they're like anything. I'm like, Someone said it the other day, I was listening to an interview and the guy's like, yeah, you know, uh, they said anything. So I said, you know, why don't we do like some super pornographic shit on you? are like, what? No. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> so, exactly. You, know, you need a little like, bit of guidance. <laughs> yeah. Like give me a little guidance, but man, you got to be careful how you approach it too, because sometimes I'm like, yeah, well, what do you think? And they're like, well, you know, like this here and there. I'm like, oh my God, what? I, why did I even say it? I like <laughs> it know? when I, I, I tell people doing commissions, my favorites are is like, find a bunch of paintings of mine that you like. Totally, and then I'll try and like yep, use, that's use the them as way. influences to to make. Because then you know they new. have faith in your work as well. Right, and it's like right. you know you know that they're showing like interest in what you do and not showing you nine hundred pictures of this other artist stuff that you right, don't do right. things like. Plus, and, you can you can look at them and go, okay, they you could find the commonalities. It's like okay, they all have maybe a certain color scheme or a certain composition. So this person probably yeah. likes the stuff I was doing during this period yep. when I was using these colors. And then you can kind of like just have that, that can be your, your, your uh, starting point. Cause yeah. it is, it is good to um, have, it's good to have a certain amount of limitations in a way, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Totally. Like it's, if, if you just have no sense of direction at all, it's kind of hard to know even where to start. But yeah, it's, it's good yeah, to have yeah. a little bit of something to kind of keep you, you yeah. know, focused. Who said that? Was it uh, Da Vinci said? I think one of those guys said uh, the blank canvas is like my biggest enemy. They're like, when you get in front of it, you just have to slash it and put it. I don't know if the exact words, you know, I'm not paraphrasing, but they said just slash it with a stroke of paint and defeat that white canvas right off the that's bat. What, that's and, what Harley Brown says in his book. I don't know if you know Harley Brown, but he, I've had him on the podcast. He's like this old school, amazing painter, like traditional yeah. painter. He that's what he said. He his whole book is written. Actually, he's he, he just came out with he reprinted it. It's called um, you should get it. It's called Eternal Truths for Every Artist. It's really good. It's like a really good cool. go to oil painting, but and just composition and art principles in general by like this old school dude. And he's got he gave me a coupon code Dark Art Society if you buy it on his website and nice. you get, it, get it for thirty percent off. It's oh, pretty shit, cool. cool. Um, right but. On. It just like yesterday, just yesterday he hit me up and he's like, would you share this around? I was like, of course. But oh, yeah. um, he says that in that book, like, because the whole book's written in a very lighthearted way. And he's basically like, you know, first thing to do before you start is just fucking throw some paint yeah, on there. And man, sort of, especially a canvas. Yeah, man. yeah. It's so square and like so like edgy and just blank. Flat. Yeah, like, right. Oh, That's why I like like uh, freehanding on body parts, man. As soon as I see the body part, I start mapping out the anatomy real quick, and it's like a million ideas start right, flowing, man. Right, you know, yeah. and uh, you know, it's, but yeah, the blank canvas, dude. Jesus, man, it's like it's intense, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I first started, it was I, I had a real problem. I, you know, it was I've said this a million times, so people have probably heard it, but I was the very first time. I'm like, okay, I've t- done some test paintings. Now I'm an artist. I'm gonna do this thing. Here's my thing. 
okay, blank canvas. And I was just like, uh, you know, just I blanked yeah, out yeah. because I was so used to having a starting point in effects where they would tell you to do a certain creature or yeah. something. Yeah, and yeah, I had yeah. no one telling me anything. And it's got to find the happy medium. Freaked man. me out at first. Like, oh shit, I wonder if this damaged me. Like, I need someone's input. But then I, yeah, I started, yeah. I just got paint on there. I started throwing it on. I started experimenting. And I was like floundering around for the first few years. And then I finally kind of found my groove in these portrait style things. And sure. they just kind of kept following that. But some you of know, my early stuff is, is more like the stuff you do a little bit. Not, not as detailed, but it's more like, you know, close-ups of part of a face, and it's kind sure, of surreal sure. and weird. You know, it's 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 yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of similar. I enjoy you know, that I like stuff. The, I like the concept of like I always think about this man. I'm not trying to make my shit scary. It's not what it is. I just like to do kind of darker, I guess, darker theme stuff because I always think about the psychological level, man. And uh, you know, when you think about things, uh, to me, this is maybe just me particular, but when I think about events in my life that happened, I always think about um, more, you know, the, the more harder, darker moments, someone in my family passed. And I remember specific seconds and things, feelings and little things. And they're so intricate. But when I think about a whole like a happy day in my life, I almost think about it as this whole day and this rounded thought, like smooth, round, full day. But when I think about darker things, I think they make more of an impact on my psyche with textural, like, details of thought. So I try to transition that into my That's painting. I try to transition that psychological in my painting. I feel like uh, those are the things that stand out and make a mark more in my psyche. So I like to twist my art with a little darker twist and more textures, almost like uh, to express like that, how the thought process, like more textural thoughts. and right. so, you know, with, It's and, interesting uh, so, to think about what does that mean? on a psychological level because what you've got is you've got layers and layers and things intertwining and it's almost like you know there's a flow to it and a design to it but it's like it's 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 what is i'm just trying to think like what's the metaphor what's the metaphor because it's like it's dark it's layered it's Mm. deep it's tangled kind of it's flowing in and out of one another all these textures and it's just like that's really interesting to think of it in terms of like what what does that what what's the yeah. what's the metaphor for the 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 psychology of yeah. you know what I'm saying it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah, like totally. you're trying to interpret something yeah. that you can't interpret like a dark it, thought you're trying yeah, to like yeah, yeah, physically yeah. well I also try to like timeless things like those things are the timeless thoughts in my head from my my life experiences I think are the more textured things they stand out to me more. So like happy feelings, like obviously I love to be happy, but I feel like those trigger more emotions, more things mm-hmm. for a darker twist. So I go with that and then tattooing as well. Uh, I used to do a lot of color, but you know, I look at it like this, man, black and gray. Like someone said once, man, you know, you look at a color photo of you and your friends and it's like, oh, awesome photo. And then you see one of like it in black and white, dude. And you're like, damn, that was that day, man, you know? Right. And it's like, so I, I, I like pink tattooing in black and gray. I can express myself more. I feel like it has this, like, timeless feel to mm-hmm. it. Um, they last longer and better color than color tattoos as well anyway. So, oh, really? Um, you know, and I used to rap. I, I studied uh, engraving for a long time. I studied filigree really hard, man. Mm. And um, oh, I, I can become... see that. I could see that yeah. in your paintings, definitely. Oh, my shop, everything is, like, total, like, Baroque, Victorian, everything, mm. you know? But that turned into thinking about like timeless theory i have so many theories man thinking about like 
ornate things has been through every culture. Every culture has used it. It's still prevalent. It's still timeless. They still put it around important information. That's why frames ornate to this buildings. So I always thought about, um, you look at my old work, super ornate and stuff. I used to do a lot of filigree and, um, put it around my tattoos to hold in something to make it look important. Mm. So I, that went from filigree to like, uh, I didn't have the techniques yet of tattooing back in the day of doing the texture shit. I do now. I just, I didn't even know you could accomplish something like that. So, uh, I would wrap my stuff in filigree and then it turned into a little looser, a little edgier. And then it just started becoming these fucking entanglements of like, uh, (laughs) organic material, man, you know? And, uh, that's where I'm at now because I think the, also the, my tattooing has evolved so much and, uh, my techniques are way sharper than they were a time ago, you know? So, uh, yeah, man. So that's, I have all these weird theories I wrap together and, I'm fucking, I gotta write a book on theory, man. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> just like, that's, that's the one book I think I would ever want to write. It's right. just theories, man. I got oh, so many contrasting theories, man. Oh, you crazy theories. Well, that's, you know, comes from a creative mindset. Um, so, um, uh, what was I gonna, what, what, the thing about black and white tattoos, you know what yeah. else is kind of cool about, or black and gray tattoos, yeah, is yeah. is um, or black and white or black and gray yeah. anything really is that it's it's you're dealing with the value, which is the most important oh, part of of a painting. No For matter sure. what colors you use, it's value, and mm-hmm. and there's some kind of you know there's like a there's a metaphor there too for the perceived duality of reality i know that sounds really like airy fairy but it's like you know the the idea of black and white and dark and light and good and evil it's like that's expressed in black and white photography well contrast yeah yeah contrast and highest contrast you're gonna get are those two opposing you know you you see things in their truest value forms forms of value with that which that's awesome to me you know yeah it's just interesting to think of things in that way you know it's totally well that's another thing everything i think of is contrast man that's like light versus dark soft versus smooth texture Mm -hmm. versus porous versus non-reflective versus matte you know it's uh right these are all the things i think constantly man is as uh how everything with the contrast i'm always trying to write notes of weird shit that will contrast with one other thing and i think the more i narrate that when i write something it reiterates that kind of stuff in my in my mind and i just uh the more contrast con like the more conceptual i think you think of contrast i feel like the better artist you'll be man you know yeah yeah the most simplistic form of its contrasting uh partner and i think the more you know with that the just like the art you know you got to know your values where your contrasting Mm -hmm. effects are and i feel like that will make you a better artist man yeah yeah even on a conceptual level though i think um like surrealist or fantasy type stuff especially kind of surrealist stuff uh putting something with something that it doesn't normally belong with that contrast between mm-hmm. the two ideas and making them go together in the, in the same way like for example your paintings you know, it's it's definitely death. There's death in there. A lot of you do a lot of corpsey death stuff, but then you've got this beautiful filigree and flowing. So it's like that mixture of death mm. and decay and this kind of beautiful flowing mm. lines is like a 
it's like a weird contrast for maybe a normal person would think it was weird. People like us think yeah, it's cool. Yeah, like a whimsical <laughs> feel with something that just laid there and rotted. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's on you. It's, it's, and it's that, and that's, again, that's the, con- that's a contrast of, of concepts, yeah, yeah. you know, which is, I try to cool. do that with my color formulas. I try to keep real organic colors and then yeah, only I gonna... in eye, I'd put some synthetic color to give it a little one twist of that one variation to control the viewer's eye. I'm yeah, like, where, would... where to strike first when you're totally. looking, you know? Totally. I was going to ask you about um, how you approach your um, how do you approach your your colors in your paintings when you're doing because that's one of the things about the the reasons I've been trying to be more I've gone through this phase of planning more is because mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn color more and 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 it's mm-hmm. like and and painting things without colors getting you know, too muddy or whatever. It's like, I'm trying, it's, I'm trying to be organized about it. I'm just curious how that's one thing about, you know, painting in the style that you paint. It's like, what do you, do you ever just like start throwing color on or do you start with like earth tones and then build it or or how do you choose your colors? I guess if I'm glazing, it depends. Sometimes I'll do, you know, more of a, um, a grisaille effect you know whether it's black and white painting or you know umbers or whatnot sometimes i'll play with a you know um a, a, a venetian red as an underpainting or whatnot and uh, i love you venetian know but, red yeah i love that That's but what i color. what i um what i do a lot too honestly man is um only certain times I'll lay out a, a minimal palette and then I'll go in and that's it, like a Zorn or whatever, something basic. So you kind of like start off thinking I'm going to have just a few colors and these are well, all I'm going to use. Yeah, kind of. tip, sometimes I do that. But honestly, what I've been doing, man, is um is laying out. I have a couple palettes. I have the parallel. Then I made another one on my um like a table that comes out in front of me and then a side table. And I start laying out my uh, certain colors and I do a breakdown of every color. And then I'll go to the next color. I'll leave a space, go to the next, do a breakdown of that. What do you mean do a breakdown? What do you mean? So say I'll go from, um, you know, my first one is usually a brown, um, you know, umber. Mm -hmm. I'll add a little black into the umbers, come down, and then like a a step. And then I'll get to the pure or raw umber. Then I'll mix that down until I get to white. So black, brown, the middle, and then I'll go to white. Then next to it, I'll do, I'll leave a space, do another color that kind of relates with it. And then I'll mix those two together. So I have like the the medium, uh, what do they call it? Um, uh, man, I forget what they call that. Um, you know, like a little combo of those. And I'll make a whole bunch of that. And then I'll start painting. And I'll play, I'll maybe try a couple. And if they don't work, I'll go to the next until it works. But I, a lot of times I'll just lay out. I'll make a color palette uh, for, you know, a week, week and a half. I'll use that palette. And then whatever happens out of it, I just freestyle it. And I pull out of them. them okay. So, so do you them. like mix up? mix those values like uh-huh. mix piles the, of those feel, yeah yeah totally okay so you're not just doing I, it on the fly as you're painting sometimes i always try to approach things uh different yeah so it seems like you're, it seems like you're always changing things up with your totally i just totally. have the feeling from hearing that interview about you and just getting a feel from you is you're like you're always changing things up you're always yeah. kind of experimenting yeah. with different things Totally. Though every time I do something, though, man, I try to take notes on it, mm-hmm. or I try to really remember. Uh, you know, I try not to do things without having it be a learning event, man. You know, I try to never just no brain do it and okay, that happened. And I don't even know. Right, right, I try to like right. do- mentally document it so I remember right. that approach. And then 
the more I the more variations, man, I can pick and choose from the arsenal more, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I definitely like laying out all the colors. Um I mean I waste a lot of paint like I, this th- too. You know what? That's the way I prefer to paint myself, but I'm always too lazy to do it. Where yeah, you pre mix you know, colors. It takes an hour and a half, man, <laughs> an hour for me to go through and do but all Every these time colors. I do it, I'm like, Oh, I should do this every time. It's so much easier to have like yeah, to have yeah. to not have to keep mixing the color up that you're using. Totally. You know what I sometimes mean? I'll mix them all out and only use two colors, man. I'm like and you know what I do sometimes too? I, I bought a lot of variations of uh mediums and I've been really experimenting with all different mediums. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a couple, I got some oils and I didn't think they were going to dry that fast. I mixed out tons of colors in two days, man. They're all starting to dry. I'm like, oh shit, man. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a, <laughs> but whatever. And so I, now I know which ones will dry too fast. Right, man. right, right. Oh, and I liked uh, the certain finishes on certain mediums. Uh, I've been really, I actually spoke uh, a bit with Dose about that stuff, man. We went back and forth. And, oh, uh, Dose Diablos? He broke, yeah, he broke down some formulas with oh, me cool. and stuff. And I, I dabbled in his and, uh and you know played around so i got a few cool pointers from um his approach and whatnot and um yeah man i was i was actually trying to i like his formula that he was using his uh recipes for some things so i went with some of those i enjoy that oh cool, cool. And, and uh yeah i collect a bunch of doses work too man have I, you I seen like his, his new work. his new stuff for his new show really cool man oh, that one God. with all the heads it's like the fucking uh it's like the monument What's yeah that? yeah yeah <laughs> i thought the, the same one, thing man, uh, i fucking uh, love that dude <laughs> Uh, Mount Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore on a guy's yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like of yeah, screaming cool, heads. Man. He's yeah, got that one like... though. There was one that's like these. It's so abstract and weird. It's like these bodies all connected. These like alien oh, cool. bodies all. It's so. He just always kills it, man. The dude you know, it's so him. weird. His. Uh, I actually have one of his paintings right in front of me, right here, man, hanging. I got. A, I I picked up a few of his, man. I'm a big fan. Uh, I feel like uh, there's a lot to learn from his. Yeah, his style's yeah. so different than mine, mm-hmm. but somehow there's some super similarities of some. Things, I can see man. you guys showing at a two man show. It's like you're different, but you but but they uh, there's fit. some relation. So there's that's why yeah. I like his work because. Uh, he has more of a nice blended forms mm-hmm. of things and I do mine a little more rigid and shit. And, um, so that's why I only, I only invest in the things that I'm going to learn from man. Right. you know, I, I try never to like, um, every day I study the shit out of everything around me, man. So, uh, you know, I, I like collecting. Plus he's such a cool dude, man. You oh, know, yeah, so, so cool. <laughs> such a nice yeah. guy. Yeah. So I, I, I picked his stuff up to really learn from, uh, a nice amount of his work and whatnot too. And, you know, I'm real selective of what I what I definitely subject myself around to for sure, man. Yeah. You know, so but I probably have more originals of his work than anybody else's. I'd say that's good. So, good investment. Yeah. Good investment. If yeah, I was yeah. buying art, I would definitely be buying his work. Yeah. Um. So you uh, do you have like a how how fast are you painting these? Are you stupid? Fast, stupid fast. That's what I thought the way that you were cranking. I mean, I, there was a period. It's maybe not every day, but there was a period a while back. A day. Three paintings a day. <laughs> you, I commented on it. I'm sure I commented on it back when you were you were posting like a new painting like every day, and I was like, "Man, how I was is he painting, doing this?" I was painting three a day during the pandemic, man. <laughs> what size? Fucking, are they? Uh, here's one right here, man. I got a couple here. I'll show you a couple. Cool. I'm gonna take pictures. These of are. Um, this is maybe what is it a nine by twelve? Oh, um, cool. I don't know if you could see it. Yeah. Nine by cool. nine by twelve. They're, but these are in black and white. Uh huh. These are these were in acrylic. I never messed oh, with wow. acrylic. So, but what I was doing, man, is mastering my um, speed painting, man. I feel like it's man, it's so invaluable to speed paint. Mm-hmm. You can learn so much. Oh, yeah. in Decisions, and this is how I tattoo as well. 
you know, I never knew I did art like this until I watched a video of me painting. And I was like, what a fucking weirdo, man. Like, <laughs> I looked so frantic and so chaotic. And it looked like I was doing absolutely nothing to the painting, man. And I don't stick in one spot, dude. I'm everywhere. Yeah. I don't know how, what my mind is seeing. But I never realized I painted like that till I watched a video. And it almost gave me anxiety, dude. I was like, ugh. Like, that's how I paint, dude? Like, what the fuck? And uh, so after that, I was like, holy shit, man. That's how I'm, like, getting all these textures this i mean there's got to be so i was hashtag one million brush strokes man yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. i just can't even imagine how many brush strokes are in each of my paintings like uh not that they're like some super thing but i mean for myself you know oh, after yeah. watching that painting it's everywhere man it's like uh <laughs> just frantic and crazy but um yeah these ones um i was doing a learning a learning process man um i was doing three of these a day of those black and whites. And then wow. I do, um, I got like a bunch of these, I don't know if you can see these zombied out ones I'm doing. Hold on. Let me, let me, some, let me get a picture. Hold on. I don't know if you can, you know what? Check this out, man. Watch this. Okay. Where's my camera thing here? Ready? Watch this. This is that thing I was telling you. Oh, yo. well, the polarizing one. filter. Yeah. I got a couple filters on these lights, so I guess it's not going to all work out, but yeah, I don't know. Oh, you can't cool. really freeze too much, I, but anyways, that's there you go. That's good. 14 and some of those were um you know they're a little more brush stroke related but i felt like for that kind of painting and expressed more for it for mm -hmm. those uh, zombie ones so i feel like the unfinished rawness of texture actually worked you know so those some of those were like um i don't know some of those are half hour some are two crazy hours. crazy yeah you know but I'm, I'm comfortable with the outcome of yeah they look great that time and i'm like it is what it is man i'm not gonna overthink it yeah and you're not gonna so, you're not gonna um the, what's cool about painting like that or one of the cool things about painting like that aside from it being a good exercise as an artist it's it's um you don't brush out all your brush strokes you have all yeah. kinds of cool strokes in there and stuff you know I did this one the other day. I'm pretty happy with this. You know, maybe let me turn the light on and see if you can see it a little better here, man. Um, it's not the craziest painting, but this one here I did in 10 minutes, dude. Really? <laughs> okay, don't move. 15, maybe 15 minutes, That's dude. That's crazy. You know? Crazy. So uh, a lot of layers, but it's only an 8 by 10 but I think that one was uh, 15 minutes, man, you know, which, I mean, I'm not proud that i'm doing them that fast it's hey, like, it's, you know uh, it is what it is yeah I'm it's, not cool. Gonna, you know, it's cool it's uh, cool i could do much crazier in-depth better forms refined paintings but dude i'm you know what those paintings are is i do a and they're usually come out better than my main painting mm -hmm. what i do is i paint a main piece when i do paint you know whether it's 18 by 24 or 16 by 20 whatever it is i do that main painting and then i'm like i'm almost frustrated i put so much time and like sat and been too stiff that I just right. grab some paint. I have my little thing of eight by tens next to me. I just grab one of those and I fucking speed paint as fast as I can as a study after I do my main study. That's so cool. Um, so that's a lot of those paintings, man. People buy those too. They like them. Uh, I'm lucky they buy those. They up. got a good. Plus, they got a cool. It, it gives you a different feel. Totally, man. You know? and I'm happy with that. And some of those paintings, man, get done in 15 minutes. Yeah, dude. that's it's like, that's great. Fucking bizarre, but uh, you know, I do that as a refined study of make sure I keep up on my speed painting as well. Mm -hmm. And it's not all about painting fast, man, but no, but you get, like you said, you, yeah, you get a different feel. It's, it's, it's a good exercise and it also creates a different, it creates more energy. It reminds me of, um, that last one you held up. It reminds me of like a Jed likeness vibe. And that's what yeah. I loved about his work is that there was just like an energy to his paintings. Cause they were 100%. so like loose. He was, you know. he, 
He was. He was. Uh, it's such a shame that he. Man, he's you know gone something, he was dude? So fucking it's, um, good. It killed me every time I see. Honestly, his man, what with Jed, dude? I, it's like uh, I felt some kind. Of, like I never hung with him personally, but I've been into his art. But I felt there was some kind of approach or a mental connection, right? Mm-hmm. So this is kind of weird, man. Um, not trying to compare myself with him or whatever, but I felt like there was a uh, very similarity. I felt like he was doing it also for that addiction to that mind state. Right. And I could feel that in his work. Mm-hmm. So I felt like there was a similarity. So I kind of got on a kick of like really researching his stuff. And it's really bizarre on how many similarities, man, even our daughters, like similar names, like uh, oh, just a lot of weird shit. And I'm like, Whoa, dude, my wife is like, bro, like calm down a little bit. Like don't, <laughs> cause she knows like the whole deal, what happened. And I'm like, man, it's weird. There's a, so many similarities with that dude and our work and, approach and i think mentally why we're doing it and um you know like i said i could usually read people fairly decent right. from my upbringing so uh, my wife is uh she, you know she knows that too people come to the shop dude and i'm like right when they leave or when they come in when the first 10 minutes i'll talk to my wife back i'm like dude they're definitely a police officer they're definitely this or this career <laughs> right. and dude i'm and 90 out of 100 times, I'm right on point. She's like, how the fuck you know that shit? I'm like, I don't know, man, I can read it. But um, but anyways, with Jed, I felt like there was something real similar, man. So I got into researching him just more than I already knew, you know, more on a personal, I guess. Right. And um, I wanted to collect up a couple of his pieces, so I was trying to hunt a few down. And um, I, I met with one of his, I guess it was like his best friend, dude. And um, he had a bunch of his paintings. He's like, man, so many people tried to buy him already, and they just got cash to throw around. He's like... But I honestly, he's like, uh, I could see a similarity with what you're talking about with this dude. And I think that you should have these paintings. Wow. So I actually just bought a bunch of Jed's paintings. Oh, man, from cool. The dude. Yeah, I got that. Um, I, and I paint like I like painting the clown shit, too. And I have one. I of, got the, the only piece I have of him is, is one of his clown pieces. Yeah, that's what I got. I got the um, the Pogo's crawl space from him. Oh, wow. and uh, <laughs> it's a sick one. And then I got another one of his characters. And then I have uh I could show you. It's crazy. I've never seen this. It's a watercolor of this fucking hungover squirrel. And he's like, oh, really? like drinking all fucked up. And uh, yeah, it's funny. It's not even like the other ones. We oh, do. And I guess he was going to do this hungover animal series. And shit, man. <laughs> so yeah, he threw one of those in for me, man. I was like, oh shit. So, he, did, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't realize how good he was. I used to talk to him. Um, I was trying to get him on the podcast and he was like, uh, I don't, you know, he's, he was, hesitant i remember he, his patreon him debating the whole patreon time right. was probably around it's that like, time dude, when he tried to discover I, the patreon i'm like you don't realize how great you are he he didn't know he it's like yeah, he couldn't he's he, awesome dude he couldn't like he couldn't accept how great he was or something it his was paintings really, have so much life but so much like obviously opposite that's why they're cool the contrast right man, you yeah, know? but yeah. his shit did definitely have a terror to it man you could uh yeah you could see it dude i seen one of his paintings uh Live the other day, I did a collaboration with um, Jesse Levitt. I don't know if you know him. He's a tattoo artist and uh, another. Uh, he's a really good tattoo artist, man. He's uh, yeah, I know he's pretty name. cool. But he opened up a shop close to mine. I did a collab with him and um, and the girl he works with at his studio. And uh, but he right next to where we were painting, he had an awesome Jed likeness painting hanging. I was like, oh shit, so cool to see another one in real life, man. It was actually way even better quality than I expected, man. It was really nice, dude. Really. So, yeah, it looked like really like refined, but it was fucking. I think it was the Baron was the name of that painting, mm. but fuck yeah, it was awesome, man. Yeah, Jed's um, Jed had a, a, a impact on me for sure, man. You know, I try to go my own route, um, but I think seeing his approach, you know what I mm-hmm. think it was. I didn't even see his paintings. 
I seen him do a digital painting back in the day, I think on YouTube. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude, digital painting a skull. I was like, holy shit, how he did it. Mm -hmm. So cool. And uh, I was in the process of getting like a big Wacom Cintiq set up and shit, man. And I was really inspired by that. Not even his, I didn't even see oh, wow. other paintings before that. So I was sparked on that original the digital one I seen right. him do was how I got introduced to Jed, you know? Wow. Yeah. 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 He was yeah. a real, uh, he was, uh, he's one of the, he's he was very rare in in the sense that he was a tattoo artist and you're actually pretty rare in this in this way too because you know tat, a lot of tattoo artists are you know they're they focus on detail they're newly yeah. and and that's all you back know it's and yeah and, and it's and it's to be able to be loose is is a pretty big achievement you don't see a lot of i mean sean barber is this way he, he does it um yeah. jed was like that you're like that to where you can like do it loose because a lot i know a lot of uh t tattoo artists when they um yeah everything has to be done with a little line or yeah transition to painting they tend to overpaint and yeah. go too detailed because they're because that's how tattooing yeah. is you well, know? i had to relearn all that too man and i used to be so fucking symmetrical and right. digital looking like i came up as a graffiti artist actually man oh wow. and i was i think that's where i got my fever to paint how i do and productive i was like, like dude i was a maniac man. what kind of you know, stuff was, what kind of graffiti stuff were you doing uh, everything man i was like really into the shit dude you know um i started off painting pieces and like really complex like my shit now the complexity of my organic stuff i was doing like almost like digital looking cities of graffiti like oh, dude wow. ultra complex but i was always into freehanding it and like mm. layering shit so layered but with a permanent pen so it was like whether if i was drawing but when i was painting same deal but when i drew my stuff it was always like you couldn't go back you know what i mean and um but yeah i was into painting pieces and um trains high like super into painting trains and then it kind of got out of control man i'm not gonna lie and i had some run-ins with police oh, and became shit. like a total war and i started city bombing super fucking hard and i actually had to move city to city because i was you know fucking, really? they had they started vandal squads over me and shit in this oh area when i moved back here i was like oh my god is shit gonna be okay when i go back there because <laughs> i fled this area man they called they had the front page of the newspapers man public enemy number one so are I'm you serious enemy. yeah dude it was like i was like they told me i like on the front page of paper the mentor of all the spiraling teens they called me a gang leader and shit man oh and i'm God. like i was just a graffiti artist i had my friends we were really into it but i got into uh city bombing really hard too man you know like uh dude just 24 7 that was my life wow. you know that's yeah crazy man I, moved, I had to move city to city over it until recently when i moved back here it's an addiction bro it's a it's a fucking sickness dude you know <laughs> like you just can't stop once i start dude it's like I, I get What's sweaty the, palms talking about the shit. It's like the right is now. it the is it uh, the rush of the the um yeah. the, the rush of doing it and you might be getting caught and not having to get dude, caught while like you're doing this, it. Man. It's funny. I'm watching Predator the other night, dude, mm. and I'm like, <laughs> my wife's like, of course, gonna talk about Predator. In the fucking <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> she's like, she told me, she's like, you better be looking up other shit besides Predator before you do this podcast. <laughs> All you're gonna fucking think about is that. Are you even ready? <laughs> But I was watching the Predator shit, and I'm like, this dude is fucking everywhere, just killing it, like, right. solo, like how I did graffiti. It was like playing war when you're a kid, bro. And just, um, you know, I would be climbing buildings. I would hide under shit. I'd hide on a rooftop for fucking two hours before, you know, like, I was climbing buildings. I was climbing overpasses on highways and shit, dude. You so know, you, know, you a, see a color. 
So it's you the, see in California back in the nineties, shit, how overpasses would have shit right, down right, the building. Right. That was me, dude, all day, you know. So there's that so element would, of uh, uh, danger that's part of the totally. addiction. It's like you're right? an assassin, bro. You know, right. you're the only one. You're the only one that's been on top of that fucking overpass, those bars that hold the highway signs. You're the only one that's been up there. You're fucking sitting behind the sign, just like sick or a rooftop or something. You right. know, like no one else has ever been up there. And it's just I sit up there sometimes an hour before I paint, dude, and just fucking like. It was just great, man. But I was addictive then, dude. When I was, you know, 18, 19, I was doing seven pieces a night. I'd go out at nine in the morning with my wow. backpack, paint this bridge, <laughs> go to the next, go to here, do two trains. I'd wind up in a train yard doing top to bottom. No the wonder they were off. after you. <laughs> yeah, dude. So it was so funny because in this area, uh, they started the Vandal Squad, a team out here because of me. And when I came back, the head of the Vandal Squad is now the head of DEA. And he fucking booked appointments up with me. And I'm like, oh, Are shit. You I knew, I, dude, I knew who he was. And he came in. He's like, bro, you made me. He fucking loves me, dude. He's so like, he knew he knew you were the. Oh, they knew me. They just didn't catch me, bro. It was crazy. <laughs> it was like, so they caught everyone else. But I never, I got caught. And then the people who like ratted me out, they, they fucking turned back to things when I'm in court and shit. And like, no, he didn't do it. So, um, oh yeah, dude, I had to flee everywhere. It was fucking hectic, dude. I was, it was like outlaw crazy, man. Were you tattooing some... while you were doing this? Yeah, man. I mean, I was doing this from 16, 17 until just when I moved back from California, man. Wow. I was in San Francisco getting crazy. And I actually, uh, the last thing I did, I painted a big, uh, on the main road on, um, Market street in San Francisco, I was doing a rundown of all this shit. And I climbed up this Savannah building, did a huge thing. Went to jump off this riot gate that was like 15 feet and my leg got stuck in it. And I fucking was like everything. My foot was stuck straight and my body went upside down to tore everything in my knee. And I was hanging upside down for 20 minutes under this thing I just painted. Oh my And I couldn't get down. I couldn't pull myself up or anything. And finally, my fucking foot popped out and I landed on the ground on my head and shit. Oh and uh, I was on crutches for almost three years, dude. Oh, my I, God. I, I didn't have health insurance. I tore everything in my knee. And that was like that was kind of the wrap for me, dude. But, yeah, I moved back in that the Vandal Squad, dude. Uh, he booked an appointment, dude. And I'm like, fuck, this is so what is he going to say, dude? You know? <laughs> And so I come and he's like, man, you made me so rich in the 90s, man. He's like, the fucking mayor or whatever had that fucking hard on for you, bro. He's like, they wanted you, man. And he's like, that's why they started the Vandal Squad. I'm like, it wasn't me, man. He's like, what? Come on. I'm like, he's like, enemy. I'm like, no, man. It's, it's, come on, man. Like, don't make it fucking <laughs> awkward. And, uh, dude, he wanted me to do, I ended up doing huge letters across his whole chest and shit, dude. He fucking loves me, dude. Wow. He's always sharing my work. And stuff. That's amazing. It's fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> But yeah, man, they failed me out of art school because of that shit, man. I went to, I tried to go to art school when I was young and I had a, um, a teacher that was like 70 dude from uh, England or something. And the state troopers came and pulled me out of class, um, for some graffiti shit. The Dean of the school, everybody came and pulled me out and dude, listen to this. I had my backpack. I'm like, Oh shit. They finally got me. I have everything in my bag with my names and shit. Dude, it was a minute before the bell rang, and I'm walking with, like, it was like something out of a movie with the deans, the state troopers, everyone. Like, I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm walking with everybody. The bell rings, and this girl I was dating at the time fucking comes out of the door of one of the classes, and she already knew, dude. She had, like, a code name for fucking, like, developing all our photos and Uh shit, dude. And and so uh, 
she's coming walking this way and i'm like dude dude i'm like looking at my bag she knew and we just fucking switched backpacks right then no <laughs> bro they brought, they brought me into the fucking the room with the big table everyone's sitting there like you're going down and this and that and i'm like through my bag i'm like i'm so sick you guys fucking with me man i'm gonna sue your ass and like, <laughs> i was like opening up they didn't find anything dude but the uh the teacher hated me after that dude i would put more work in than anyone in the class and you know, I was trying to learn graphic design. She had friends who designed for clothes companies, made a lot of money, man, you know. And, um, you know, like one of the Louis Vuitton designers is a fucking graffiti writer, dude. Millionaires, man, you know. And she wasn't hearing it. If I had anything, it was like a project. Sit home, listen to music, and paint, and see what you come up with. It was like an inspiration thing. Like, you can't fail that, dude. I did right. a piece that was like 10 feet long. I spent like three days doing this thing, and I had graffiti-related shit in it. And she's like, that's a crime. It's, yeah, get out of this class. I'm like, dude, what? So she failed me, dude. I'm like, man, fuck art school, dude. Fuck that. I was like a rebel. And you know what's crazy, dude? That was when I was like 18. About three years ago, someone came to my shop and they're like, yeah, they they knew the people at the school. They worked there. And they're like, yeah, they want to have you come in and do a seminar for successful artists in the area. I'm like, bro, what? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, do they even know who I am? He's like, what do you mean, dude? I don't know. And I told him and I'm like, Dude, fuck it. Oh, man. And I was like, I didn't do it, and I regret it. Oh, you totally should have done it. (laughs) I should have went back in, did the whole thing, did a killer seminar, and then just been like, you know what? I got kicked out. that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, don't trust it. You know? Oh, crazy, man. And then they kicked me out. Yeah, totally, man. But yeah, wow. shit. My, my, that was my, that was my upbringing, man. I was into music, producing music and stuff. I had a good career going with production for music and stuff. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, I, I, I produce like instrumentals that sound like my, like my paintings look. You know, wow. dark, surrealist. And um, when I was about sixteen, I, I got my first turntables and like I started DJing in like fifth grade. Got producing music in seventh, man. I got all my brother's records and shit. Wow. And I was actually producing music, so I wanted to make graffiti documentaries. Dude, when I was 16, I, I remember getting my permit, and I would go down to the Bronx in New York City, and I'd dress as a bum, and I'd break. Like, I'd see a video, and it had graffiti, and it had a street sign next to it, and it would tell how, like, the subways where you can get in. And I was like, dude, I didn't know. It was before internet. I'd go down, dress as a bum, bring a fucking camcorder, a little disposable cameras, and I'd go down to the Bronx and break into the abandoned subway tunnels and shit, dude, and just document graffiti. I'd be fucking a mile deep in the dark tunnels, bro, and uh, every so often turn my camera on for a light to get some photos, And but I would totally dress as a bum so I didn't get jacked, you know? Right. And, um, dude, I was only 16, and uh, I was trying to do documentaries for graffiti, so I started producing music to kind of go along to... Yeah, but I never learned how to video edit it, man, right. you know, so I still got all this crazy footage. And But that's how I got into music production. And uh, I actually, um, you know, the music I'm into now, I listen to like a lot of uh, atmospheric, like uh, black metal, foreign shit, just mm. kind of like really spacey, kind of darker shit. That, not many words. Um, but uh, then it was like a lot of hip hop like darker shit like my stuff so i actually got to put out some records with like wu-tang clan i used to produce really? for them a little bit yeah i got some shit out with them and uh, wow. <laughs> like some underground hip-hop heads so I, i've dabbled in different careers and uh i had a good thing going with my music career but it was just too cutthroat too crazy everyone was just fucking too psychotic man that you know so i just i was like that's it man i'm just gonna fucking do this shit it only takes me i don't need a team to do it right so right. you know i need a canvas now tattooing you know what i mean and, right right yeah man so wow but yeah handful of shit all jumbled together man you know i was never about just do one thing and, and master down man i was about 
learning so much different shit and taking the same formula and transferring it to each fucking account, man, you know, and just, right. and that's, I feel like you can, if you use the same formulas, you can put it to anything. Yeah, you know? I agree. So, yeah. That's, yeah. You know, yeah. But wow. now painting is where I, I, that painting, man, I had to start oil painting and painting because I tattoo people. I never get to keep any of my artwork, man. I'm right. always letting it go. And I'm like, fuck, I have nothing to show no more. Like, you know, so I just was like, let's paint. I fucking now it's like, that's why it's hard for me to sell painting sometimes. I'm all about selling some, but man, I like, you know, I'm attached to a lot because, but now I have, uh, I have a fucking attic right now full, bro. I have probably probably like like three, 400 finished paintings, dude. I don't even know what to do. I'm like, fuck, people are like, can I buy that one? I'm like, no, don't you want another one? Like, (laughs) I believe it, man. That's a lot of paintings. Mom made me, my mom made me a fucking hoarder, bro. Yeah. Fucking art hoarder. Yeah. (laughs) I can relate. So, I definitely got the hoarding gene too. Yeah. I, what, why? What's all that shit behind you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is just hol- This is all holiday orders. I'm trying to, you know, print holiday holiday hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just. It's like every every year around here when I get, you know, that's when I do my most of my uh, sales on my website. So it's just like the house becomes complete chaos, and there's boxes awesome. and all these supplies I got to order and yeah. Just, it's like out in my living room. It just looks like a warehouse. It's kind of, oh, it's just the way it goes every year. Yeah. We... I moved into a, a different house and that's why, you know, it's weird for me for the loose paintings and shit. Cause my studio, I'm fucking tall as shit, man. And I don't fit in this. I'm in like such a crunched little room, but I was painting everything at my shop where I have super high ceilings and shit. Oh, and wow. so I paint, I jump back. Fuck. I remember jumping back, falling over garbage cans, tripping and shit, you know, right. And um, a couple strokes fly back 15 feet, you know, and like I'm super active from the graffiti era, man. Right. I like painting big. So I love painting. Like I jumped right in with painting huge canvases with a lot of body motion and stuff. And uh, but now I'm in the studio painting like all tight, small. Right. But it's good because I, I, I lagged in that a bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think fucking hyper small and and um, plus investing into these uh, 60 inch canvases, man. And all of a sudden something goes fucking array and you're like, Oh yeah. Right. Total bipolar relationship with the painting. (laughs) That's the only thing that gets me, man. I'm like pretty steady with shit, but the paintings, man, it's like fuck, coming out. Awesome. Yeah. This is great. My wife's like, cool. Good. I come home. I'm like, Oh man, you know, fuck. She's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, you know, pain next day. I'm like, you know what? It's great. It's like going. I'm like, she's like, you're a fucking mess from these paintings, dude. It's like it controls my emotions so bad. Dude. It's good, you know. It's good to paint, and it's good to have the time. It's good to to give the paintings time to have a life. I find. I think the paint. My paintings. It's like. I mean, it's 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 the opposite of super fast mm. painting, but it's good to paint it, let it sit. Take a totally. break for a week or so, look at yeah. it later, and then see you yeah. see different things. And really, I've got this fantasy that one day, I've, it's ever since I started painting, I've always thought I want to have one painting that I'm always painting. And it's like 20 years have gone by, and I've never done it, so I'll probably never do it. But imagine yeah. if you had a, just a canvas and you just kept painting on it, and it wasn't really about making a finished piece it was about just keeping and painting yeah, 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 and adding totally. to it and adding to it over you like a 40 know, year painting going to uh going to museums and shit and i've learned this through oil painting now man it's taught me so much man 
I, I remember uh, going and I'm like, damn, dude, like 1642 to 1670, dude. I'm like, they must just not know when he produced it. And right. now I'm like, dude, he fucking produced it those whole years. Right. That's why. Like, just, <laughs> and we had it sitting around for fucking 10 years, went back to it. Right, I always right. thought, I'm like, man, they must just not known when to date it or something, right, you know? And right, I, now right. I totally get it. A 10 year span and it must have taken them, you know? I was like, holy shit, crazy, you man. Imagine so working at a painting for 10 years crazy man you know you see a lot of those going to museums they'll have the date span and now you're like yeah they just didn't know but they knew it was just a span because now i have so many paintings here i'm like i love that energy and life in the first run it's hard for me to go back and paint like that that nosferatu one on my wall here man i started that about a year ago and i just went back in and on it like the other day and now i'm lagging on going back in again i want to do one more pass and but um yeah it's, it's going back in man i think the way i go back in on paintings the best when I do like a black and white, uh, really like uh, go crazy on my first layer and then come back and start like glazing in yeah. some umbers, then my colors on top. Yeah. That's when I have the most fun. But when I do a colored painting, it's hard for me to go back in and start glazing color over the colors. I'm like, oh, man, I just I want to do something else, you know. Right, it's, right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just so different. I got so many unfinished ones like that around that are ready. They're killer, but they just need that extra kick. And I'm just right, like, right, right. Oh, man, you know. Yeah, so yeah, hard for me to go back all the time on them. I got so <laughs> many unfinished paintings, like, chilling around, man, everywhere in here, you know? And if, if I brought you up to my attic, you'd fucking shit. Yeah, you'd I bet. How, how many are up here? You can't even walk through the place, man. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Every every so often, it's like, okay, varnish day, there's, like, 65 paintings to varnish. Wow. I fucking varnish, and I got to rest for, like, two days. My shoulder hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, crawling around on the fucking floor. Try That's not amazing. to get dust on the varnish pieces. Well, like you, you varnish said, your pieces and uh, lay them down, or you stand them. I lay them down. I lay them down. I get a little bit of pools on a few, man. It's like I, if you I, know. I, I I use gamvar, and if I and if I leave them yeah. up, I get like drips. Yeah, even yeah, though, yeah, yeah. So it's like I just do. I've got it to where it's like if I if I if I if that's not too much, you know, I mm. use a, just just the right amount of varnish, and then I lay it flat, and I put it in this little storage room we have where it's not going to get disturbed or dust yeah, not going to no. fly, fly around. That's yeah. usually what I do. You ever uh, use Damar, Damar varnish? Mm. Like the by um, I think it's Winston. Uh, Windsor Newton. Windsor Newton. I mean, yeah, yeah. Damar. It fucking smells strong. I, yeah. use it on my, I used to use it on my studio and damn, bro. It's like I walk out high as a kite, bro. You know, it's fucking rough. Yeah, I, but, I, I've never used it, but I think they use it in this stuff uh this traditional marriage meeting yeah 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 that, yep. that this i forget i forget the name yeah, of the, the company that makes it it's like yeah yeah i think i uh purchased some of it old I, traditions I or something it's, that, it's like le- legit old school traditional formula but sure. it stunk so bad i couldn't use so it. so bad dude it was great to paint with but i just it's i you know i'm painting in a pretty small room yeah, and even with yeah, ventilation it was, it was too much man yeah, that's how, uh, what's it called, getting like that for me using, um, using, uh, the, the, uh, the, what's, what is it? I got it right back here. The fucking, the shit right here. The, liquid? uh, yeah, liquid's getting like that for me, man. It shit gives me a headache nowadays, man. I've been using a lot of oils, man. Dude, I, experiment with the oils is great. Bro. Yeah, the fuck, yeah. The difference in how the feels to, everything yeah it's really fun man. i'm definitely I'm gonna to that. yeah i'm gonna start using uh just linseed oil when i get a chance right now i got a painting i gotta do that's like has to dry 
yeah. you know, it's on a deadline for something and it's got, I have to be able to control the drawing. But once I get some time to go back and, um, I'm going to, I'm just going to start, you know, try and get away from the liquid, I think. And yeah. try it's and... intimidating, man. You know, the, the I've done it before are... and it's, it's like, but I haven't, like you're saying, you've got these cool formulas from Dos Diablos where it's like probably a little bit of terps and a little bit of oil. Yeah, yeah. Whether in the time frames of his paintings right, of what he used right. it. And I'm like, fuck yeah. So that got me sparked because I've been wanting to do it. I'm a super technical thinker, man. So the technical shit attracts me, man. But it was a little intimidating, like the mediums, yeah. man, because I just said no. But I bought a slew of shit, bro. And I started researching every kind, writing notes on every, like, what kind are best for pale colors right, to like, right. you know, to different each types of enough. oils like walnut oil. And, yeah. I'm using know. walnut right now. Uh, walnut. I have one without an elkid, one with an elkid. I actually mm. really like using the walnut. It's nice. It dries mm. fast as shit with really? the elkid. Oh, way oh yeah. With than, the elkid. Yeah. 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 And, faster um, than liquid. I feel it has a different consistency. It makes it way more smooth. Like I feel like it's more like those real old, like, not real oil paintings, but like traditional really? old school paintings, like the smooth oil, like huh. almost how a linseed does. I feel like liquid is like, I feel like it almost makes it too like, uh, you know, you paint like glaze with it and it's like, you almost get pulled up areas. Yeah, it's, thin, like gel- like, it's like a jelly kind of liquid. Sort of yeah, like a jelly. I feel like you don't get that with this. This hmm. you get that like smooth, like consistent like enamel, oil. Enamel. Yeah, finish. man, it's great. It, totally. Huh. And I did a couple the other day and it, with the, like an enamel look on it. And man, it has such a rich look like that Nosferatu one. Right. I know you're not supposed to mix them, but the beginning I did a uh, liquid on it. Um, whenever I did the first one, I went in with the, I, I actually, uh, I did a, I oiled it out with the walnut oil and uh, then kind of wiped it off a bit and went back in and it's got such a nice, like enamel look to uh, it. I really, enjoy yeah, it. It I got, like, I got a, I'm at a point where I need to start playing with mediums, different, different medium formulas. Yeah. They don't smell as bad as the liquid either, man. I you know, the liquid's powerful. Well, I yeah, used to love it, but now I get a headache. Yeah. It's, I mean, anything that's giving you a headache is not good to be breathing. So it's like, yeah. That's why I, um, Mark Ryden says he pay, he just uses linseed oil because it's not toxic, you know. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, safer. exactly. That's what it's I like, safer, you know, because you know? I got my daughter up in the house too. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And everything. Well, our house is a little smaller now. We'll be moving into a nice bigger house soon, and yeah, man. Cool. Have a bigger area for studio away from it, be able to breathe and yeah, not that, kill myself. <laughs> that would be good. You get to, you get you got five million more paintings to do. Yeah, you can't totally. kill yourself. I'll have them done in a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was awesome. I got to split because I got to go. Speaking of that painting, I have to go get a, get a layer done on it so it dries tonight so I can paint some more in it in, later in the evening. But that was an excellent conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you. I feel like maybe we should have you back on again sometime. I have a feeling you have probably a lot more crazy stories <laughs> that you could share with us. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but I'm uh, with it. Yeah, yeah, it was a great conversation. Do you have anything you want to promote that you got going on before we go? Or man, you know, I, I'm like, uh, I never really promoted too much, man. I got some <laughs> cool shit coming up. I got a, uh, I'm gonna be working with um, Mickey Violetto. We're, he's doing a book called Pandemia. Uh, I'm not sure when it's gonna be released, but um, it's a book of all uh, select artists um, from the pandemic. Mickey Violetto is from Italy. He's mm-hmm. the guy who does a London tattoo convention and oh, okay. and um, and runs the uh, Tattoo Life magazine. That's his his baby. So um, he invited me to be part of that. And then also um, he invited me to be part of an exhibition at the London next London tattoo convention. So that'll be really cool, cool. man. 
I'm really proud and um, really honor, man. You know, that's a great honor to yeah. me. It's one of the milestones. As, you know, even being on this podcast, man, that was one of the cool milestones I'd love to achieve, man. And oh, cool. I appreciate you having me on here, man. It's really cool, dude. Um, like I said, I don't really... I'm definitely not trying to be a starving artist, man. You know, we all want to make our right. our living and everything. And um, but I just, I, I, you know, the thing is with me, I've always been too busy to promote myself, man. Right, yeah. I have a website; it's all, all finished, and they want me to put my paintings on there. And I'm like, ah, fucking, gee, they want me to do it. And I'm like, I've had this thing done for six months, and I'm just like, shit, man. There's two. I'm gonna be buried in trying to load these things, yeah, man. So, yeah, you might have to hire someone to do all that shit. I for want you. to, man. So yeah, so for promoting anything, man. Um, I'm on my page, my Instagram, um, Mr. MM underscore NME, and my Facebook, and I sell all my shit direct. And come get a tattoo, man. And <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, we'll have all your stuff in the in the description of the of the podcast as well. All your links and stuff. So cool man well thanks yeah, i had a great yeah. time talking to you it was super fun don't, don't yeah man super don't, cool brother don't hang up when i i forgot to warn you not to hang up on me because there's that weird awkward after we say goodbye to the audience sometimes people hang up on me and it's really weird because <laughs> you don't get to say goodbye but um <laughs> anyway yeah thanks for coming on it was really cool people are gonna love love this episode i believe this is very interesting i wanted to ask okay one more thing real yeah. quick can you still see auras Man, you know, I try to at times, dude. This is like, it's a really, like, I'm almost like, ooh, when people ask this stuff. And, uh, you know, because it's a really big judgment, I think, people put on you, man. Yeah. And um, as I was young, man, it was no problem. And I met another person who could do it. We sat, stared at each other for hours, bro. And um, it's a, it, I guess it's the only self-conscious thing because, you know, I don't really care what people think, but it's uh, it's just, it's like... It's one of those of, things where people make or break you, dude. Oh, he's fucking raw. Yeah. Oh, cool. You know what I mean? But um, honestly, man, when I sit and I try to, I feel like I can almost, I almost can see like specks in the air of like, uh, almost like what I'm like a pixelated screen. I feel like when wow, I look, yeah. I can see small little particle kind of shit, man, you know? And that's yeah. about it, dude. My family tries to get me to do it. My sister's still really into the stuff, but. I don't even know, man. It's it's just one of those things I, I fucking tucked away in my brain somewhere, man. And I never went back to it. And it's interesting. I always wanted to, but I just didn't, man. It was the thing of being a free-spirited kid and not having any any conformity to shit, man. There was no fear, bro. It you sounds know, like but... you got you have you are a, a natural, I don't know, um, what they would call it, um, clairvoyant. But, you know, I know it's I, I know you're you're hesitant to use these terms because you don't want people thinking you're a weirdo. Yeah. But but, you know, uh... I'm a fucking weirdo. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Why would you care now at this point? Uh, yeah, let's go. But it sounds like in. you have a natural a nat- you're a natural. You have a natural gift for that where, you know, it's like I've never been able I've never had that. My wife can see see them, though. She can see yeah. them a lot, and she sees you know other stuff too. But I've never, I've never been able to. I've never been able to uh, see that stuff. But it's like I have, I, it's I have a lot of out of body experiences, a lot. Like when mm. I sleep, like I go flying around. It's really weird. Oh, so man. I feel like kind of like bet, bet. don't even get me into the sleep <laughs> shit. That's for our next podcast. Okay, okay, for Chet, the this is some heavy shit. 
Okay. Okay. My history, man. Okay. I'll tell you some other time. Okay, we're Craziness. gonna we're gonna do a part two for sure, then. <laughs> definitely. Because <laughs> I ready yeah for that one. Jesus okay. Christ, crap in. <laughs> cool. We get you get ready for that one, and we'll we'll do yeah. that one again. All right. Cool, okay. Man. Chet, thanks for having me, brother. It's really cool, man. It's an honor to be on here with you, and uh, it's awesome, man. Really cool. Appreciate yeah, great it. to finally meet you. Uh, you know, kind of in person, and you're you're a great addition. Uh, enjoy having you in the group and seeing your work, and yeah. you got a good positive um, energy that you bring to the Dark Art Society cooperative and stuff. So it's, uh, I know people love your work too. So thanks. awesome, man. I appreciate it. It's the fam, man. It's somewhere somewhere I actually could fit in, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. It's like all it's, <laughs> well, the freaks get together there, and yeah. it's it's a nice little family. Cool, All right. Man. Well, let's say goodbye to everybody. So All right. Goodbye, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for